0: <laughs> You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates.
1: You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
2: Yo, it's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians, unfiltered, off kilter, the professor, the godfather, post wrestling, the N.W.A., not, oh, keep guessing, huh, the views and expressions, you know the rest, it's hot, excellence. get the message, advocates for Nubian wrestling, you're listening to the best again, black wrestling in the ring, we invested in, Nubian kings and queens, we invested in for the culture and we it. It's for the culture and we it.
0: And welcome to the NWA podcast. The Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the program all about getting color in the professional wrestling business what's going on brothers and sisters we are back for another month of discussions conversations maybe even some arguments on the program this week but before we get into all of that we have to let you know who we are because you may know who we are but you don't know why we're here man so my first co-host you know this brother he's the angry intellectual he is the interim mayor the city of los angeles california and for one month for one month only no longer is he moderna chris but for this month he is mimosa chris ladies and gentlemen y'all give it up for the professor chris healy
3: hey what is up y'all i'm glad we were able to reconvene and find a time that agreed with all of us um we missed out on so much news we missed out on uh the Rock defending Joe Rogan, then walking it back. We missed out on Booker T saying some nonsense. We missed out on so much stuff that we get to kind of come back to this this month. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we got Chris in the building. And of course,
0: wouldn't be the NWA podcast without the third man of this group. Y'all give it up for my nephew. The youngest in charge, the brother keeping you updated and informed here on the Post Wrestling Network. Andrew Thompson, what's good, nephew?
1: Good man. It's it's, it's always a pleasure to be back on the podcast with, with my man Nate Milton and, and, and new, newly informed that that Chris is the the, the interim mayor of Los, Los Angeles,
2: California.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think it was like a special election, or something. I don't know what was going
0: on.
3: Yeah hopefully by next year yeah hopefully by next year i'll have a, a down payment on my house so i won't have a bunch of crazy ass wrestling fans coming in and out of my uh apartment that's a one-day <laughs> ticket to getting to getting dumped by my my girlfriend like i was about to propose know. to you she's like i don't give a fuck you with these wrestling motherfuckers you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> I say don't no, don't forget don't forget ladies and gentlemen me and nate we putting on the show uh next year wrestlemania in los angeles we got chris versus yep. omar's hairline and don't forget get your tickets, get your
0: tickets. <laughs> get your tickets. Yeah. look i'm not saying it's gonna happen at wrestlemania but that week might look might yeah. be a club might be a bar might be an in and out yeah. almost gonna find this man chris oh
3: if, if 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 after this week he's probably really gonna uh gonna be tr- find me on these streets man so uh
1: yeah <laughs> hey, you know you you, you want to know what's funny about that whole thing is that that, that whole thing started off with, with, with me and nate like low low lo, 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 key low key you throwing low key throwing us a, a little bit of a lo, little bit of shade at omar and then it got flipped on chris <laughs> and yeah. then chris ended up taking a brunt yeah. and everybody started going and <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's what happens, Andrew, because, you know, like we've been we've all been in that situation, whether at work or at school or, you know, you know, with our friend groups, like somebody say something and everybody like, OK, I, you know, that was that was on the line, but it's all good. And then that next person take it too far. Like they didn't <laughs> start it, but they went too far with it. I feel like that's how Chris went comparing his brother, this good brother almost to somebody like John Gonzalez, it's like you cross the line, Chris, that you can't walk back, man.
3: Well, that's the thing. It's like I went on I, I Twitter. I waited for anybody that came at me with the almost love. I just <laughs> responded with one question. Do you think this man is a good wrestler? And people responded <laughs> back with, that's not the point. And come on man you if you're gonna if you ride it with almost ride with the brother
0: <laughs> look, 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 look here chris yeah. look you should listen to that man chris jericho on aw almost may not be a good wrestler but he's a great sports entertainer brother boom oh, no
1: wait we, we, we a, oh no wait mm-hmm. we give we giving chris jericho props the, oh, no, what, what, what's going, on? <laughs> what's what's going
2: what? on in the world <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> We give it Jericho. Got rock promo, apologizing. Hey, and hey, 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 hey real, 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 quick real quick, y'all! Real quick, real quick. So, I so, you you literally just, you literally just brought this about uh you brought it to my mind. What what was y'all thinking when Jericho cut that promo and he said January sixth and then he paused?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah.
3: I was waiting for it too. This is the one thing I will. The one thing I will give Jericho is he oh i think he knows how toxic his political beliefs
2: yeah um he are
3: Assu- he assuming that those are his political beliefs i can't say that without that those are his political beliefs without getting sued so i'm gonna be careful with my <laughs> words but um he he knows what to do do and what to say? Yeah, that I thought that that was a, I couldn't stop laughing at that promo, <laughs> man. I I, I got to be honest, I thought it was one of the greatest promos I've seen in wrestling in quite some time.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord have mercy! Yeah. What, 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 what you was thinking, Nate, when when he dropped that little line?
0: Man, I was like, look, here's I was like, either yeah. either this is gonna be brilliant. <laughs> or or, 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 yeah. or the damn timeline gonna be a mess for the next yeah. forty-eight hours, man. Cause I was like, I was like, you, you sure you sure that's where you wanna go, dog? Like you sure this is what you yeah. wanna bring up? Yeah. Uh given your so. your your uh your history and your family's history with that specific date?
1: Somebody had sent me one of those little memes. Uh, when it was, when they 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 had like typed it out, and it was a pause after January sixth, and then and then the next uh thing was that little picture when it was like had us in the first half.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro.
0: Speaking of of getting into all of this good stuff, uh, Andrew Thompson. Not only do we we like to have you on the show, man, because of the friendship and the camaraderie and the different opinions, but of course, first and foremost, man. You a newsman, you a journalist, so we bring you on to get the people the good news. So, uh, Andrew, what's our first story this week, brother?
1: I, pre- I appreciate the, the the nice words, brother Nate. It's, all, it's always nice hearing those compliments, man. I appreciate that. Just, just throw, throw that little right back at you, brother. But we're, <laughs> we're gonna start. We're gonna start off with some, uh, some some light news. Not not light necessarily in terms of uh, the the weight of this news, but more so just the temperature. We're gonna we're gonna start off with something real nice, not not on the level on the you know the intensity. Uh, uh, you know the way that chris feels about Omos, but you know this is more is more of a feel good story uh nate, nate uh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to you kind of first on this man it seems like we ended up talking about this dude on damn near every nwa podcast and it's not even just at this point just just to talk about him it's because he always got something going on uh this actually happened today as we're recording this uh on march 20th uh jonathan gresham is the new progress world champion on top of being uh the ring of honor world champion he is the first American to ever win the Progress World Title, uh, I, I want to say it's not. I, 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 I was trying to dig around. I want to say he's the second Black Progress World Champion behind Rampage Brown? Question mark. I don't know. I looked around. Mm. People don't know. Some people say they know. So I'm gonna just roll with second, just to be safe, because I don't want to exclude the brother if he is indeed a brother. Chin rub you know, because we we, <laughs> yeah, we ain't figured that out yet. But uh, but yeah, Jonathan Gresham, man. He has been on a roll over the past year, um, and, you know, this is just another accolade on his belt. You know, he's defended the title of GCW, the R-Wish title and GCW. He um, defended in the Impact Wrestling, a dude that's literally traveling all over the world, and now he is the Progress World Champion. Like, when you think about, you know, the fact that now Tony Khan does own Ring of Honor, and, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of, like, even pre, you know, the news that Ring of Honor was, uh, you know, that they were taking a hiatus, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, they kind of wanted to see Gresham in AEW. Uh, as you know, Gresham is, a, a more, 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 like, he is not, not, not even kind of, but he is the face of Ring of Honor uh, as far as the world title scene goes. W- w- would you rather see Gresham continue to remain as the face of Ring of Honor under Tony Khan's, you know, o- o- overlook, or would you rather see a talent like Gresham, like, sort of make the full transition over to AEW and sort of be under their banner? Like, w- w- which one do you think, Chris, would, like, would be better suited for Gresham?
3: Um, I think it might be better for him to stay um, under the uh, ROH banner, at least for right now. Um, AEW seems like it's kind of, I'm not going to go as far as calling it sports entertainment, but it's it's kind of like the in-between point of what ROH used to be. And sports entertainment because, um, and, and also um, you kind of have to be a little bit of sports entertainment if you're going to be on uh, TBS uh, national television, right? So I think um, right now it's probably best for him to keep doing the ROH stuff um, until I can, uh, conf- can at least conceive that. If he goes to AEW to to that roster, they will have something um, good and fruitful for him. Mm
1: -hmm. Hey, hey, Chris, just to go back to you on that, do you think it's like it it could it could be just for right now? It could be a situation that you think AEW not, not that they have too many people but i don't i don't think it's that but maybe they had too many new people where they're trying to establish so many mm-hmm. like new faces like they're right. still trying to get keith lee in the mix still trying to get swerve in the mix and they you know they're they doing stuff here and there but do you think it's just a case of that like they need to so, sort of get the get some of the newer faces to their roster more integrated and then maybe bring in a john gresham
3: yeah because it's, it's just one of those things where like who where does gresham fit in on like main roster AEW at the moment, right? Um, mm. Is he... Do, do you push him ahead of Swerve or Keith Lee? Because um, feasibly that's where he would need to be if he's a world champion of a of an organization, right? He would need to be somewhere ahead of that. And if you don't necessarily want to put him quite above those guys, not just the black guys that just side with AEW, <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. uh Danhausen and stuff like that. Um, Gresham would have to be kind of high up there and mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel comfortable with Gresham going to um, the AEW roster and wrestling dark matches being ROH yeah. champion. Mm-hmm. I think he would need to be, on TV every single week, and I just don't think that's what uh, TK sees in his immediate future.
0: And and also, hey, Andrew, hey. I think that if um, if Tony is going to run ROH and have events and television eventually, or maybe streaming with ROH, mm-hmm. you're going to need somebody to kind of be the franchise. And I think mm-hmm. that's a great way, a great spot for Gresham to kind of anchor the rebooted roh and then eventually, you know, once that brand is established, you can move him to AEW.
1: Yeah, they, I was I was about to send send one back at you. I was about to say, do you think you could could you see a scenario where like like you just you know pointed out that Gresham could just be the you know just the 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 face of Tony Khan's new quote unquote rebooted ring of honor mm-hmm. while you know, maybe appearing on AEW here and there doing like open challenges against a, like a Garcia or Moriarty or, yeah, you know, yeah. Willie Uta or, you know, just, just, just guys like that, you know, may, maybe the guys who are, I, I, I don't want to use the word like expandable because that, that's less like a stretch, but I mean more so the guys who can they, they can take a loss, you know what I'm saying? And it won't like be like this big thing. it just be like, oh, they lost to Jonathan Gresham, you know what I'm saying? That's not a bad, bad thing. They just lost to, you know, one of the best you know, between the uh, but between the two companies that's connected now.
0: Yeah, especially if you present Gresham and AEW as, like, a world-class wrestler, which we all know he is. Like, it's not a slight to the guys that you just mentioned to take that L. And in if the match is good enough, which, you know, I think a match with a lot of those guys, uh, particularly, like, Yuta, uh, like, I think that could be fun uh, in an AEW setting. Like, it might actually elevate them to, uh, you know, go toe-to-toe and just come up short against the ROH champ. So, yeah, I, I that's the way I would go, Andrew, is mm-hmm. to establish and, and get, aid, uh, get ROH settled and, and solid because as hyped as we are kind of about the prospect of that, there's a lot of work to do in terms of right. getting this to a brand that, you know, folks outside of people like us, you know, are interested in. And I think, you know, mm. having a guy there that you can count on to do good matches and, uh, you know, produce good television every week or every month or however their shows are going to be structured, like, I think that's a great spot for Gresham, and it's a great uh, asset for Tony if that's the route he wants to go.
1: I See, the thing is about Ring of Honor and, like, where's – like, the, the, I'm also curious about what this roster is going to look like and, and the, will it be more so, like, you know, are we going to see – you know, people like you know, maybe even guys like Top Flight, maybe be the next All uh, mm-hmm. right. World Tag Team Champions in like four or five months. Like, is it is it is this going to yep. be like a, a a bigger version of like Dark and Dark Elevation, or is like Tony Khan going to try to keep these two do two entities? Mm-hmm. And Ring of Honor does have a long history, so like I'm curious is he, is he going to like make make this like a really big big deal, or is this going to be like sort of filtering talents in and out? And I I think a big um. A, a big thing with that, that we probably gonna see, we probably gonna get the answers to is when, um, you know, FTR faces the Briscoes at the Supercard of Honor show. Like, yeah, I feel like that's gonna, that, 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 I think that's kind of gonna show us like where this thing might go, at, at least for the, you know, for, for the, for, for the foreseeable future. And also, they got the, uh, the, the Ring of Honor World, the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship does on their current impact wrestling talent, uh, mm-hmm. and Dion Peral. be interesting to see how, you know, how he sort of filters. Filters that or, may, or maybe he decides to go or uh, put in the R. Wage Women's title on one of, you know, like, like a Red Velvet or a Layla Hirsch or, you know, a Chris right. Statlander. You know I'm saying like it, like it, it it's going to be real interesting to see how sort of the pieces unfold, you know, as, you know, we start to see Ringo Vaughn and start to get his legs under it. Like, you know, with Tony Khan overseeing the whole thing on top of. You know what, what he got going on with AEW and looking over dark and dark elevation, like, mm-hmm. and he got a whole damn football team that he's looking over to, like. See, bro, he, he, <laughs> he, he kind of got a he got a lot on his plate, bro. He he said yeah. that he's he's gonna be looking yeah. over the creative for Ring of Honor too. So that's, but that that I ain't gonna lie, but that 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 seems like a lot.
0: Yeah, like I think yeah. for uh, ROH, there's a lot of potential there. But there's also like a lot of potential uh, dangers, Chris. Like I think that if you, if like if I'm Tony Khan, like if I'm I'm from billionaire TK on these streets, uh, like I think I would, I would resist the temptation to integrate AW heavily with ROH in the beginning. Because you need to establish ROH, yeah. this new version of ROH, as its own brand. Like, in terms of talent, Andrew, like, I think I would cancel, you know, one of the darks. Like, we don't need two darks mm. if we've got a new company uh, coming in under the same umbrella, so to speak. Um, and I would like have, you'd have your nucleus of Ring of Honor guys, you know, like, uh, like I would, I would definitely have Gresham there, you know, somebody like Bandito. Uh, Kenny King. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, the Briscoes uh you know, uh Dalton Castle and them boys, because you know that's that's what's ratings. Yep, yep. Uh Shane Taylor promotions. Like I think, you know, that's your core of the brand. And then, you know, you got a lot of talented people that primarily only wrestle on the dark shows, and you can filter them in and get them more reps and get them in, in front of a live crowd and and TV and stuff like that. Uh but for me, Chris, I, I feel like the positives outweigh the potential negatives man like it's it's a good thing for ring of honor it's a good thing hopefully for the business and uh yeah i just hope tony um uh, stays off of twitter uh after having mimosas like you did today and it will be all
3: right <laughs> yeah and we'll, we'll we'll ask thurston about this but you know it's still just a mystery um what's going to happen with um With ROH right now, because I I don't really and I don't even think uh, TK or anybody backstage at AEW really has an idea of what they I think they have an idea. I just don't think they know exactly which way they want to move with um, ROH. And yeah, like um, Andrew was just saying, that's I mean, that's a lot to have on your plate right now, Mm -hmm. you know you got um the um the english football team um and then you got
1: i forgot about that too
3: the the whack-ass jaguars (laughs) (laughs) and then then you got aew ed roh man that's a full plate right there
1: yeah i'm about to say then on top of that like he got these upcoming shows and you got the double or nothing pay-per-view and they got like a like, I think they it, it, it had sold, sold over a million or something like that. They did like a real nice number for, uh, mm. for double or nothing. And we like two months out for that show. We got the Owen Heart thing coming up. Owen Heart Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it got a lot of stuff going on, man. But, uh, you know, it remains to be seen, uh, how things going to play out. But sort of going to the next story, This is something I was going to bring up later, but Chris had, uh, Chris had brought it up and I, I, I did want to touch on this. Um, but early March, um, before going on the revolution, Keith Lee went on the, um, you know when a, when a little media media tour like I you know most times do when they uh you know when they come into a new company or they trying to promote the show Keith Lee went on his media scrum he he did an interview with the New York Post and it was a quote that made the rounds uh sh- shortly before Revolution um you know when the reporter uh slash journalist had asked him you know he said when you see reports that Keith Lee had an attitude problem and he was a little difficult backstage in WWE how does that make you feel? You know when that's out there being talked about, and I quote Keith Lee said, uh, "At the end of the day, man, I'm very much like these old school guys. Like I really don't pay attention to the internet like that, and half the time I don't really pay attention to the apps. Like I may post a thing, and someone who helps me with my account may post a thing that's trying to be positive for other people or promote what I do here in AEW. Especially now, I feel like this. If you if there's no truth to it, then why should I give it any credence? Uh, this is going to sound ar- arrogant, and I don't really care. At the end of the day, it is beneath me, and I treat it as such. Um, like I I, I think." With this, like we 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 can point out several examples of like these stories that come out with you know it 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 always seems like for for the, for for the most part it's always seems like this is like a, a directed at you know black talents like they have these quote unquote mm-hmm. attitude problems or so like this right. is something that normally comes up like I I think he leave when he when he answered this I think he answered it real well and I, I don't I don't like for, for it, it just seems like he just sort of trying to move past it like and not not necessarily not trying to answer the question but more so just like I'm not even trying to worry about that but but like uh but but like when y'all see uh I'm gonna go to you chris like when, when you when you sort of hear these comments and we've talked about this before like even harkening back to Leo rush when you hear these uh stories coming out about you know talents having quote unquote attitude problems and being and being misunderstood and, and being difficult backstage like the, the it it always seems like it's very um very very misconstrued is is the best way to put it for for the most part
3: all right here you go Andrew i i thought this story was. <laughs> well behind us but of course we didn't get a chance to talk about it yet yeah. <laughs> cuz i i spent most of like march um getting upset at this story um for the reasons that you said All right, we might as well just go ahead and name names in this situation because <laughs> there it's out there for people to see go ahead speak on it Wade Wade keller um I I I I've, I've never met Wade Keller in person. I've I called into his um show a few times. Rich Fan is one of the best uh people in this space that does what we mm-hmm. do, that does what we do. So I want to get Child that out the way. Uh, and I, and I, yeah, I love Rich Fan. Yeah. And Wade Keller, I think for the most part He's um, a genuine journalist, but this story came from him. And what I didn't like about it was the fact that he kind of, the way how matter of factly he spoke about um, um, Keith Lee and his alleged issues um, and how people were saying that oh he's out of shape and oh he's got an attitude problem and it would it would have been one thing if that's all he said but he went on to say stuff on in in the uh pw torch and on the show he was saying like people are you get mad at me but this is stuff that he's saying and don't get mad at me for reporting the facts so now we got to talk about the, what the definition of a fact is. So it, it's only a fact if you, can, if you have this guy's medical records on him um, when you're talking about stuff about his like health and all that. Because we all know that he had COVID last year. He said as much in interviews and stuff. That wasn't something he was trying to hide. He's admitted that. He had COVID. So we know this. Do we know how healthy or unhealthy he is if about passing physicals or not? Because to me, in my opinion, if you're going to like run with this and report it as a fact, then you must have some kind of medical information that's saying that. If you don't have that stuff, then all you're doing is making a guess. And um, that was my biggest, biggest problem with wade keller and the way he reported this story i'm just trying to understand what the goal was of this story because it made no sense to me just on its face i
0: think we need to go back to something rich fans said on the last episode of the nwa podcast which is who are you talking to who are the people that you're that you're interacting with, you're communicating with. That's that's point 1 because I do feel like if he's being told this then that's probably like I I think the agenda is not from Wade, it's from the source. And you can draw your own conclusions as to who it, at Keith Lee's former employer would want that type of news out there or that type of story out there. Uh so that's one thing on the reporting. But I think in terms of Keith and his feelings about, you know, being frustrated or, uh, you know, what was going on there. Like, of course, anybody who's reasonable, Andrew, would be frustrated. You come in there, you were killing it on the indies, you killed it in NXT, you you were limitless. You're making this big roster debut on the main roster. They change up your tights, they change up your music. A couple months later, you a damn cat. Anybody <laughs> in that situation would be frustrated. Yeah. And then that... That goes to my third point, and that is this is not an issue just specific to Keith Lee or specific to wrestling. This is something that is societal, Andrew, and and I know you and Chris know because the difficult black man or the difficult black woman. Right. Like, it's a a trope for a reason. And so often when you go to work at a place – and I'm trying to make sure I say this correctly, <laughs> when you go to work at a place that is primarily in the in the employ or, or in the, the power structure of uh, folks that don't look like you, a lot of times those That's employers ready. feel like – thank you, Andrew. A lot of times <laughs> those employers feel like you should feel grateful to be there, right? Like they feel like you should feel happy just to have a job in this great company. But anytime you, you get out of pocket, anytime you have legitimate concerns, anytime you're frustrated as all humans can get at their jobs, you become difficult, right? You become a problem. You have an attitude issue because they're coming. They're starting at their starting place. Andrew is, Oh, Keith Lee should be happy to be here, man. Like, we're giving him this big opportunity on this grand stage. What is there to be angry about, Keith? What is there to be frustrated about? So it doesn't surprise me going all the way back to uh, Wade if the people that told Wade this information or alleged information felt like Keith was being ungrateful or or difficult because in their minds, they're like, oh, Keith should be happy to be here. But we all know just working in, in corporate America, that ain't the case, man.
3: And and I and I want to make clear I'm not accusing Wade of any kind of ism um I I've, like I said I've interacted with him more than a few times I'm a subscriber to the uh to the torch um I think he's a good dude I just my problem with his reporting and my problem is with Wade Keller I will make that clear cuz I my problem is with his reporting because Again, he was reporting this like it was a um, undeniable fact mm. that Keith Lee, Keith Lee is all these things. Something that I don't think, if you're trying to be an impartial journalist, I don't really think it's his place to be doing that. You know what I'm saying? That's just my whole thing with this Keith Lee stuff. I I, I don't like, um, and as Nate, as you were saying. Like, who is this source that's giving out this information? But again, for me, I don't speak for Nate. I don't speak for Andrew. But for me, I did not like the um, report. And I don't speak for Rich Fan either. <laughs> Let me get that out the way. Rich <laughs> Fan has nothing to do with my opinion. This is my opinion. And, um, and I think that... Um, yeah, I just I just didn't like the reporting of this by by Wade Keller.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a uh, you know a, a fair way to look at it. And then you're looking at just judging from Keith's response, like and how he perceives this stuff. And you can you can go on record and reckon look at you know a number of wrestlers who have you know responded to you know these sort of uh, stories about them you know that's out there about them having you know maybe an attitude issue or you know them having problems backstage or them not getting along or you know anything of this so you can go back and look at pl- plenty of this stuff and it's, it's all documented and it's all out there and you know as far as Keith goes I just think that he as as far as you know how, how it was reported or, or what was put out there I think that from his perspective he just wants to like sort of push that to the side and just like I'm trying yeah. to right. focus, focus on what's ahead and, and focus on what's now uh, we we got to show some love to that man Biggie, former WWE champion who unfortunately yeah. suffered a broken neck on Friday Night SmackDown. I uh, think he took a took a um, you know a suplex from Rhea Harlem on the outside. Um, you know o- o- only Biggie can suffer a broken neck and, and you know of course get his initial thank you messages out of the way and then this man is back on social media joking, uh, <laughs> messing around, fooling around. You know within a couple of days he seems like he's in good spirits and you know I think that says a lot about, about Biggie uh, as an individual. You know that he's. Yeah, you know, it don't seem like he upset you know i'm I'm pretty sure like you know internally it's probably like you know that damn you know like you know like this happened to me type situation but you know he seems like he's in very much good very much good spirits um and and and, and they you, you sort of alluded to this uh before we started recording um like you know biggie was you know coming off of that wwe title lost to brock you know it it it, it, it didn't even seem it was like he immediately got sliding back into the tag division. You know, they put him right back with Kofi. Um and, you know, it was just like, hey, you know, here's was Big E back in the new day, you know, this guy, he was a champion. But, you know, that was a long time ago. So <laughs> so like it, yeah. I mean, that's how they that's how they made it feel. Um and it, it, it kind of like very like very, very, very similar uh you, you know, you know, to what you know, to what they did with Kofi and and, and, mm-hmm. and like Nate I, I I think he made a good point uh before we started recording when you were just like um, of course, you know you, you you stress that you know the neck injury is never a good thing. You know this is not not. I just want to clarify that Nate was not saying yeah. that the neck injury is a good thing, but he was saying that you know it, it, it's the fact that I I think that this will sort of allow people to not forget Big E in the in a negative sense, but more so like sort of wash away the sort of bad taste of letting people mouth the way he lost the wwe title and how he got slathered back into that tag position mm-hmm. and then now when he comes back eventually you know within months 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 ahead it'll sort of get people like oh that damn we missed the year and like i think it'll i think this will sort of propel him right back into that world title picture if wwe if they if, if they if they see it fit nate
0: yeah the thing is you know again like prayers up for that brother like yeah just seeing the 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 videos on Twitter after, you know, the night of and then the you know the days after the injury and just the the spirit the good spirits that he was in, man, like that dude is like amazing. Like we all are fans of this brother, uh been rooting for this brother for a long time. And it just like you nobody in the business has said a bad word about this man, right? No, and but, it's been but nothing hey, but hey, love.
1: Nate Nate, real quick, I just wanted to add on your point, man. Did you see the amount of wrestlers that was in his mm-hmm. quote tweets and his comments like yep. yeah just, just to add on to your point man
0: yeah and it just shows you like this in a, in a business where very few people can go without you know somebody saying a bad word about him like nobody at least publicly has said anything bad about this brother and so like yeah like of course none of us wanted to see biggie get injured but you know in every obstacle there can be an opportunity and assuming like the brother comes back healthy and refreshed man he is set up for a huge return like because people, like you said, Andrew, like, I don't think they're going to forget about Big E, but I think sometimes not seeing somebody every week makes you appreciate them more. Cause it's like, damn, like Big E was, was great when he was on, wasn't he? Like, man, it's been a year since we've seen Big E or however long it takes the man to recover. So when he comes back, I think, man, this, this gives the WWE an opportunity to do right by this man. And put the rocket back on his back, which they never should have taken off his back in the first place, in my opinion, Chris. Uh, And so, yeah, yeah, like, like again, like the, the the number one concern is Biggie, his health, uh, you know, and, and his quality of life going forward. But, you know, when he does come back, man, like they need to do right by this man and, and put him in the position that he needs to be in. Like he's, He's going to come back with a lot of momentum, and if they waste it, if they squander it, that's on them, not on him.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big E is a, a big, thick dude, man. So, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate the way he was injured. Um, I'll, the, he's a big guy to be trying to get up for a, Overhead suplex like that, like an overhead belly. Especially
1: from the outside.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that because I don't want to. I just, I just don't like that he was injured in that way. Um, That's the extent of what I'll go with that. Where I'll go with that in a spot that
0: didn't even need. Like it was, it it, it meant nothing to the match.
3: Right, exactly. That's that's my problem with it, man. And um, I I hope and pray that he's he has a wrestling career to come back to um once once this hills and the smoke is clear. They're doing all kinds of amazing things with with surgery and uh modern yeah. medicine these days. So I'm I'm hoping he comes back and is hundred percent. Um I like his um attitude, um the 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 public face that he's putting on. Um well i don't know what he's going through behind the scenes but you know just re- as someone who's recently had surgery uh, myself um it's it's stressful especially when you're in the middle of recovering you know um and yeah. you, you know you you smile about it publicly as much as you can but um this this is this is a this is a tough one man and I, and i hate it for him and i hope that he's able to to come back and be the best wrestling version of himself. And I just hope this never happens again. And I'm not picking on WWE or AEW, but I just don't want to see this kind of thing happen in, in, in wrestling. I don't. I remember I was listening to an um, a, a interview that um, Shelton Benjamin did with um, Sean Ross Sapp a few weeks ago. And he said um, the way he approaches moves if he can do it if he could do the move ten out of ten times without messing it up he'll do it in the ring he said if he if he could do it nine out of the ten times he's not gonna do it mm-hmm. um, when he when he steps into the ring and I think that's the kind of discretion wrestlers need to take with this kind of thing because you know, I'd I, I see too many people um, with this. This can't happen is what I'm saying. This this kind of thing just cannot happen. Um, it can't because th- this this man has a livelihood. Um, who knows if, if he's going to want to get a girlfriend, have some kids soon, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And he's, he's, he needs to be able to regularly function without having to worry about this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. um and it and it and it's and it's frustrating for me just having recently gone through something seriously and that was that mm-hmm. was really nobody's fault but this is this is something that i think could have been prevented and again yes. this is yes. not an indictment on WWE but this is just an indictment on why are these why are we trying stuff like this with with a guy that size um and I think that's a fair question to ask.
0: Yeah. Like injuries happen, like injuries are a part of the business, but the ones you can't prevent are the ones that should be prevented. And this is an yeah. injury and that could have been prevented.
1: Yeah, I say I had saw like um you, you know, I, I I did see a, a, a Ridge Holland, he came under fire for that. Like people was on his ass like like none other for that. Um you know it did it did come out that he, he was one of the people that had went to go visit. Uh, Biggie in the hospital, but but I do mm-hmm. think Chris like raises a very fair point of like, especially like, and, and I know people brought that clip up um from from I think it was 2020 when he uh when when Holland had uh went for the power slam of Gargano and he like spiked him like yeah, it, 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 I it, that. it and it, look, it and, and it looked nasty and um yeah I, I I think with with a situation like that of course like I like I don't think we have we'll have any way to know what was going through. Rich Holland's mind, like may- maybe he just felt like that was one of those things he could pull off, where it was one of mm-hmm. those impressive feet of strength thing, you know, that can get a you know big yeah. reaction, a big dude slamming a big dude like that. But I, I think, like what Chris said, it, it easily could have been uh, prevented, and we could have been out out of the woods as far as the situation with Big E goes. But like uh, I had pu- actually pulled some up that I actually wanted to get y'all to take. So this was prior to um prior prior to uh, the-, the 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 Big E injury, and like he he had did this interview with um. With Josh Martinez of of Z100 up in New York, and now he he had some really good questions about sort of how you know, so as far as Biggie losing the WWE title in a very similar way uh, to Kofi Kingston, and I, and I wanted to sort of split sort of the two quotes, but uh, between you, Nate, and Chris, and I'm, I'm I'm gonna go to you, Chris first. Um, like he 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 talked that this was uh you know him addressing you know him him losing the title to uh to Brock in a similar way, you know that Kofi lost the title to him. Um, and this is what Biggie said he said. He said and, and initially he was talking about to start off talking about like what he was able to learn from Kofi about how to go about the situation, seeing as how Kofi went through it just several years prior. Um, He was like, well, I mean, the thing with Kofi Kingston is he's not a guy who's going to pull you aside and lecture you, but he's someone who leads by action. Uh, That's what I love is, you know, I was just able to see the way that he handled things with this title run and the way things ended. It's kind of it's interesting I'll say how our runs weren't too drastically different uh kind of fall, kind of that falling off of a cliff feeling at the hands of one Brock Lesnar and then suddenly it feels like you woke up a year prior and you're back doing uh what you were doing before what you were doing before but you know I'll say he's a guy who's handled it with grace he's a guy who you know he didn't complain or he didn't show up the word pouting he's a consummate professional and he's someone that I think like I said he just always leads by example thoughts on that Chris
3: yeah uh, yeah, and, and, and uh yeah, those are those are good words um, to to um, to take. Those that's good advice to take. And Kofi does lead by example. Um, Kofi had a a better title run than Biggie. Also, um, it, the the way he lost was 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 booty. It was beyond obnoxious. But <laughs> his his initial run with the belt was was fine. You know, it was a, it was a great run. Um, Big E kind of um kind of the same thing. His run he didn't they didn't give him the run that they gave Kofi. Um and um he definitely deserved um better with I mean big big E just deserved better all the way around with the, the injury shouldn't have happened to him, all this other stuff. And I just think it's funny, curious, um that uh like the way when Ridge Holland executes this move and fails at it, how a lot of people in wrestling journalism I'm not gonna name any names are saying, "Oh, it was an accident and this and that, which is which I believe I don't think he should be admonished for it um too badly, but he gets that kind of protection but when when big e doesn't even injure anyone you know it's like oh he's out of shape he might injure somebody you know what i'm saying but that's an aside (laughs) that i just noticed about this situation uh man i love big e man i hope he i I hope he comes (laughs) back um i hope he's way better um i love kofi I, i love i love those dudes and they're good people and um i don't think uh w w e has been as good to those men as they have been to w w e no oh, absolutely but, not uh, but yeah but you know ho- ho- let's uh, you know i i don't even go to church but my prayers <laughs> <up> for, uh, <laughs> for big e man i'll i'll hey. i'll do what i can
1: and, and, and Nate, uh, sort of going with all of what Chris said, I think the, the next quote is kind of an interesting one and I'm, I'm very interested to get your take on it. Um, you know, he was asked, you know, what he would do differently with this run and here's what Biggie said. He said, there's several things I would do differently. Um, but again, like I said, my focus really is just on performing. I do the best I can. Uh, but you know, I wish it could have lasted longer. I wish we could have had the opportunity to do some more dynamic things. You know, I don't think it's, It's difficult to really latch on to a new champion when they have, within their first month, they have multiple losses on TV. But again, we can Mm. go down this path. Look, man, I genuinely appreciate all the people who support me and who want better for me. I also want better for myself. And I guess I'll just leave it there.
0: Hmm. Yeah. We, we we know what it is. Like I was saying earlier when we were talking about uh, Keith Lee, like we've, we've all had that experience of being the other in the workplace, whether, right. you know, for the, for the folks listening, whether you know that you're a black man or, or another man of color or a woman or LGBTQ, like other than the people writing the checks, right? Like you got to yeah. say stuff in a certain way. You got to move in a certain way because you don't get the same protections as others. And so with Big E-Man, they did him dirty from the start of that title run, right? Uh, You know, we, we talked about this uh, after he won the title, Andrew, like the way he won as a babyface with the cash in, like it it never felt right to me. Like it never felt like this is the culmination of a rise for big E and, you know, that's, that's (laughs) what a championship win should be. Most of the time, it's like this person has been working and this is the culmination of their efforts.
3: I will never forget that episode uh Nate because before that episode started, that was the episode that um was it uh Naomi? Was that is that is that uh the young lady's name? Um mm-hmm. Um Yeah, we had when she was on the episode, before the episode started, me and Nate just went in on how this dude won the world title because we didn't like the way he won the world title. It was it was. Disrespectful. Are you talking
1: about Chinyere? Yeah.
3: Chinyere,
1: <laughs> Oh, you called mean that. Oh, come on, hey, hey Chris, Chris, you got to yeah. say sorry, man. called. Call I, I, I apologize
3: Naomi. To, uh, to to, to <laughs> uh, uh, and I I love my uh, Nigerian woman too, so. Big big apologies <laughs> to Chinieri. In Chris's economy.
0: defense, much like Naomi, uh Chinieri is amazing. Shout out to that sister. <laughs> shout, right, shout out yeah,
3: to Chinieri, yeah. man. I yeah, saved it then, for you, it, Chris.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it does
3: remind me a lot of Naomi. So um I'm talking about the the one from the from the T V show too. But um <laughs> but yeah, but but on that episode, we were we we before we even began recorded, we were talking about how this title run was, or the the way he won the title was disrespectful. He beat Lashley after Lashley, just wrestled two guys. And it really did kind of not come across well. But the minute the episode started, we just said, hey, we we, we didn't didn't bash the way he won it because we were still optimistic that maybe this will be a good run, you know? So we refrained from, you know, going off on, Ah, uh, the nefarious way he won a belt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, then, of course, we were proven. Maybe we should have said something
2: <laughs> before.
1: Not, you know. As far as far as the 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 world, uh, the way he won a world title, I I I didn't necessarily. Well, I, I'm not gonna say necessarily. I, I didn't have like at the time. Of course, you know, hindsight being 2020 yeah. it's like you know, but. Yeah. <laughs> In and no in the, in the in the moment I really didn't have a problem with it because when I'm looking at the history and when I'm thinking about like the history of money the bank cash has, most of these people always do the like the exact same shit. It's always when somebody's hurt. Like when, when Bailey I think when Bailey cashed yeah. in on Charlotte, Charlotte had just wrestled a match. She went in there and jumped mm-hmm. on and got the win. When Dolph Ziggler cashed in uh, Del Rio had a messed up ankle and Dolph Ziggler went yeah. in there and capitalized. Yeah, but that's you know, that, that, that's the
2: up. the, that's go ahead, go ahead, the problem with
3: it though. So um, the the only two that that who who cashed in that briefcase in those punk ass ways, the only (laughs) person that I've seen like sustain I've seen CM CM Punk the second time he did it, it made sense because it was telling the story that he was turning to a bad guy now. Right, the first time he did it, it made sense also because everybody hates Edge so. Yeah, that was that was that. But Dolph Ziggler, what happened to his career? You know what I'm saying, Dolph Ziggler?
2: Oh, yeah.
3: What what happened uh, to Dolph no. Ziggler proves my point about Big E. Is that it? It's not. It doesn't tell you that this guy is going to be a strong champion. And as a matter of fact, when guys win the belt in that kind of way, usually it that it's usually foreshadowing what the rest of their run. Not just as champion, but the rest of their run in that company is going to be, um, and uh that that was my biggest issue. Now, in in de- defense of what you're saying, uh, Andrew, I mean, I do agree with y- your overall sentiment. Um, like, because- I,
1: I, I, I just, I would say just to chime in real quick, like, and and now to throw more in because I mean, I do think you got a valid point, but like, you can even look at when Randy Orton cashed in on Danielson at that SummerSlam show. Like that was like yeah. one of those moments where he took advantage of of, of a beat down Danielson who had got just turned on him and then like and like I, 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 I like I get I definitely get your point in a sense but like my my whole yeah. thing is like Biggie is not the first motherfucker to cash in on somebody like that was injured like this, no, this is like but, a team you know, thing.
3: So when when Danielson cashed it in like that, he was already kind of a made or not Danielson um Orton my old, he, was yeah, yeah. ma- he was already a made man he was already a made man who that's true. That's um, true. was just, you know, that's what he was doing. Like with, with the, yeah. with the big E thing, it's very indicative to a uh, Dolph Ziggler cash in to a guy that to a Daniel Bryan cash in the first time he cashed it in, you know what I'm saying? It's it's indicative of the guys that they do not take seriously and put in that role. And, um, but, but Again, we were we were waiting. We were waiting with bated breath, hoping that that wouldn't be the case.
0: Um, yeah, cuz I think in a vacuum to your point Andrew, in a vacuum like that night was despite the way he won it, it was a feel good moment. Yeah. But with the benefit of hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, like <laughs> that that probably was the
3: best it ever got.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're lying. yeah. Yeah, you're
0: lying. And I <laughs> hope that, it's not what, 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 the I,
3: best it ever will get either. Ooh, you know, yeah. I'm hoping that's, that's that,
0: the point that, right there.
3: Yeah, is and um this is a this is a prime opportunity for him when he gets back to to right a lot of the wrongs that they did with him. Um, if and they let, we'll him. see what happens.
1: Yeah. We, I, I, hey, Chris. Chris and Nate, let it play out.
3: <laughs> let it, hey, Andrew, <laughs> <you gotta> let, <laughs> let it play
0: out, man. <laughs> Let, let, let it play playoff,
1: fellas. Hey, but but so story's so, so not to, over. So sort so of going go, going going to another topic, man. This is something I I, I think it's time that we about the unleash uh, Mimosa Chris into uh, the five, man. I think it's time. Uh, this is going to sound like a small story when I'm first. Bringing it up, but I, I think as I as I go along and sort of fill in the gaps right here, I think this is going to be one that's uh. But, but I, I'm just here. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll 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 never want to purposely try to get Chris wound up. You know, we we'll, we we'll don't want to turn Chris into a meme or nothing like that. But I, but I, I think this is something that uh that I, I'm just interested to hear you, both, both you and uh Chris and they just speak about, man. But of course we got uh the, the news that Charmille is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. She's going to be inducted by um mm-hmm. fellow WWE Hall of Famer her husband Booker T. um Charmille Huffman, who is known as Queen. Charmille, um on WWE programming. Uh, there was a bit of discourse online um, on social media, certain circles about Mills induction. And, you know, as we as, as there is every year about that one or two inductees who go into the Hall of Fame, you know, people, you know, still get put a, sort of wound up about it. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know why people wound up about WWE's Hall of Fame because at the end of the day, it is Mr. Man saying, I want this person in the Hall of Fame, and that's literally yep. it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get the, the thing. But, um, but uh there was a bit of discourse online about it specifically pertaining to charmille and you know people sort of criticizing her and uh tori wilson uh who has known charmille since their days in wcw had did a, a virtual uh signing recently and she said that she talked to charmille and there Charmelle was is like on her social media it's like been sort of not, not flooded but there has been a lot of negative comments towards her and Toy Wilson said that when she spoke to Shamil, Shamil said that she really felt bad about you know some of the comments that she was receiving and sort of the negativity that was coming her way based off this Hall of Fame induction and people trying to make her feel bad because she quote unquote mm-hmm. doesn't belong in the, in this group. And I'm, I'm 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 thinking I'm thinking about this stuff, bro. And I'm like. Why, why do people get so damn wound up about this hall of fame number one number number two why are y'all going to this lady's social media like saying mm-hmm. all this wild stuff about her over this fucking induction that like I, no, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying the honor doesn't mean anything to her but I'm just talking about just from a general perspective like no this shit is not that big a deal like it, 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 I promise you it's not but like Chris when, when you see or you hear like people like legit going into this lady's comments like going into her social media like saying all this negative stuff about her just just, just strictly based off the announcement that she's going into the Hall of Fame, into WWE's Hall of Fame. Like, what, what sort of like the first thing that sort of come to your mind as, as, as you sort of hear this stuff, man? Like, and and then Chris just to throw something else at you, but like, we got fucking Hillbilly Jim in the Hall of Fame. Like, I'm, you know, it was like on him, <laughs> but like, no, hey, like, hey, like, hey, like, hey, like, hey, like,
0: hey, Andrew, okay. Andrew, don't go messing with a country boy, man. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Everything that woman was asked to do she did it and she did it to the umph degree and she and um and she and it, it was it wasn't all good stuff they asked her to do. It was a lot of it was crappy shit they asked her to do, but she did a good job with it, man. So, um and the, we all know the standards for WWE's Hall of Fame are all over the place. Again, I'm not going to start naming Cause I don't even know what the word "deserve" means at this fucking point. What day? What does "deserve" mean when it comes to WWE's <laughs> Hall of Fame? Because I got no clue. I'm <laughs> I'm cool with it all.
0: So uh, let me get this straight, Andrew. and I, I need some clarification, nephew. So you telling me in a Hall of Fame that includes murderers, allegedly, <laughs> racists?
2: Yeah. racist
0: uh, also well not even allegedly because we saw the tape terry uh, uh Murderers, just,
3: porn just porn
0: star, just generally like, yeah. like there's a lot of, of folks in there that, that you could have qualms with and and like you said andrew this is a hall of fame based on like like you know it's not like the basketball hall of fame where they've got this international committee that looks at your right. collegiate career or your international career or your nba career this is a committee of one vincent kennedy mcmahon and if he says you good enough to go in then you're good enough to go in in this hall of fame so yeah like does she deserve it i don't even know. like chris i don't even know what that means when we're talking about the hall of fame uh you know we can have discussions about people that are out that maybe have earned the right to be in if this were a legitimate and i don't i don't mean to say legitimate as a way to disrespect the people that's already in the hall of fame andrew but, you know, legitimate as in this is this is not something a that
3: process. Was,
0: exactly. There, yeah, the the, the was process a- is Vince McMahon going like, yeah, that guy should be in, pal. Uh, but then the, the other issue, the more important issue on this story to me, Andrew, is the people that are all up in this woman's mentions and and harassing her on social media. And I agree with Chris, like, get a life like I'm like Michael Jordan here, like, stop it. Get some help. Uh, Um, but also to me, the more important thing, Andrew, is this is not an isolated incident because we have seen that wrestling Twitter can be a toxic place Mm -hmm. at times. And oftentimes some of the folks that will get it the worst are black women. We saw this with Big Swole. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like the fact that these folks have the, the audacity to feel so comfortable, right that they can just hop on this woman's mentions and tell her she's no good. She doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. She's only in there because of Booker T, uh, you know, this and that. And it's like, come on, man. You didn't ride the roads with this woman, man. You wasn't out there on the TV shows every week uh, like uh-huh. this woman was. You know, uh, even going back to WCW, man, when she was out there as Paisley with the artist formerly known as Pr- Prince I.K. Right? <laughs> like which, Back uh, when she was a Nitro girl, like, she done been put in yeah. the work, man. She put in the work.
3: If if it were me that was doing this Hall of Fame, I would have just put in all the Nitro girls in that Hall of Fame at once. You know what I'm saying? They they served a purpose for the years that they were the Nitro girls, man. I remember that calendar that they did being a hot seller when it came out. I remember people at my college at the time having um, debates over their favorite nitro girl, you know. <laughs> like, all this stuff. I like the two uh black uh the uh what Ty, Ty, was it Tigress tigers and it's yeah. Storm, which was Paisley, which was Charmel, you know. Mm. Um those were my favorite ones, you know, but it's it's like Yo, Andrew, he like, I like
0: I know you probably don't uh remember this nephew Chris Mike because he's the WCW music historian on the network. Uh but did you know after the Nitro Girls was off of TV, they made a singing group. They made they put out a record, Andrew.
1: <laughs> I, I I I think I might have saw a picture. I, I haven't heard anything. They made anything, a group called I, Diversity I, I, I I 5. Oh, that's cool. Diversity that's cool. 5. No, 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 they was trying to be like the Spice no, Girls TLC. No, see, yeah, I, and I that's the thing. I, I definitely think I saw a picture of that before though on social media like floating around here and there.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm 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 about to spend a block on uh on my guys Nate and Chris real quick because I remember a couple of shows ago I can't remember exactly what it was but for those of you who who, who you know consisted of to the podcast please go out and point this out because I know it's in there somewhere I remember when oh oh actually this might have been uh when we weren't recording but hopefully it's in there in one of these shows that we were recording I remember when I was saying that I think that WWE is going to spin the block with Bianca Belair and she is going to be dethroning Becky Lynch at some point for the Raw Miss title. And I remember Chris and Nate was calling me Mr. Let It Play Out, clowning me, <laughs> laughing me out, going in on me, joking. On me. They, 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 Chris and Nate was getting these jokes off. It, it, was, it was funny. It was funny. But who is laughing now, my guys? Uh, I am
3: still laughing until it actually (laughs) (laughs) you, you, You don't ever want to you do not ever want to get comfortable being right about wwe until you are actually <laughs> right
2: about that man
1: hey, so hey, 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 nah, hey, nah, in all seriousness though in all seriousness uh like uh nate I'm, I'm gonna kick it to you first and then we're gonna swing back to you chris uh nate i, I know i remember you did the uh the post show when bianca had lost the title in 26 seconds to becky lynch did you ever think there was even a, a realm of possibility that they was going circle back around to her and becky at wrestlemania and Mm -hmm. what it seems like 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 chris said until it actually happens but just from all indicators what what it seems like is that she might be getting her second straight wrestlemania Mm -hmm. uh title win did did you did you even think this was like in the realm of possibility or or, or do you think that and 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 also also within that question do you think that bianca's media run after she lost the title really sort of showed them that you know that it was like, oh, oh, see how she's handling this? Because we, we, we sort of talked about, like, of course, we don't know this for sure, but we just sort of things we pick up, and like, how like oh, weird shit they do. That. Like, they like to test people and, like, stuff yeah. like that to see how they react. And Bianca had did that interview, like, literally, I'm going to say, like, a couple hours after she lost the belt in, in that fashion. And she was, like, very professional, you know, answered every question, like, real, you know what I'm saying, real peppy and happy and, you know what I'm saying, just conducted herself real well when I'm pretty sure anybody in that in that right man probably would be, you know, just a little bit upset. But, like, Nate, do you think oh, yeah. that also contributed to the fact that them, um, you, you know, wanting to go back to Bianca? And and, and also just not, not to even bypass it, just Bianca's pure charisma and, you know, everything that she adds to their product.
0: Yeah, Andrew, I, I think it's, it, you know, at that time, you know, after doing the SummerSlam show with uh, John and Kate, uh, you know, I thought it was possible but not probable, given the history of this company when it comes to, what they do with champions that have lost, particularly champions that lost in the way that Bianca lost, which was disrespectful to this, like to this day, I still think that's one of the worst decisions they've made over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I like, I didn't really see her getting this shot for a second WrestleMania main event and hopefully, you know, getting her title back. Like I didn't see it Uh, to your point about the testing that they do, you know, quote unquote, like it's it's another frustrating thing. Like you know, getting back to the word of the day with Keith Lee. Like why 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 we got to always jump through the hoops, man? Why we always got <laughs> yeah. to go through the really? obstacle course to <laughs> right? You you hired me exactly. in the first place, man. You hi- so yeah. there was something about me that that led you to hire me. So why now that I'm hired, do I have to continue to jump through these uh, tests to show that I'm worthy of being hired? It's like come on, man. Like we know Bianca is great. Like in ring like she the best they the got on, on that show
1: bro She yeah, the best they got like,
0: right yeah the, and i think chris has said this time and time again on the show the amount of crap in terms of the booking that they threw at her yeah and she still turned it into something decent and it wasn't wasn't because of the writers it was primarily on the strength of bianca bel-air so yeah like right. I, I hope i hope you write nephew i hope you get the last laugh i hope you get the victory lap like w h <laughs> But, but much like Chris <laughs> Until it, until it happened I ain't gonna say it yeah. happened
3: <laughs> that ex- That's exactly How I feel I want it to be True Um, B- uh, B- B- Bianca is From my second hometown uh, Knoxville Tennessee which Is where I went to high school at And spent some formative Years there so uh, shout out to Knoxville shout out to Bianca Belair um, like, like Nate Just said I'll reiterate she's Just been giving crap after crap after crap and she has somehow made it work um she is the miracle worker you know uh shout out to kellen heller helen keller <laughs> she
2: she's Same, the, she's the
3: miracle <laughs> worker yeah i mean she's she, 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 helen she keller. has done some um, amazing things with the like, and it's not even that they gave her crap and stopped. Like they continue to give her crap to this day that she somehow goes out there and makes work, man. Mm-hmm. So for, for all those reasons, she should be winning the belt at WrestleMania. Um, with that said, <laughs> what, what what I think should happen is oftentimes different than what actually happens. This is uh, her and Kofi Kingston, their 10-second wins, loses, losses I made, I go back and forth with which one I think is most re- egregious. Sometimes I think Kofi Kingston is most egregious. Sometimes I think Bianca Belair is most egregious. It just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Um, right now... Um, it looks like Bianca Belair is going to win. And they really don't have a whole lot of women that they could just easily insert into that position. Not saying with that... The, with, uh, with, that Piper, with that amount
1: of star power that she got, Chris. I say with that amount of right, like, yeah. presence and stop power she got.
3: Yes. And it's not to say that any... Because they've got a good, talented roster. Um, yeah. Piper Niven. Um, I refuse to call her the other name. But she's talented. <laughs> She, she's really good, bro. Yeah. yeah, all those all those women are great, and all of them deserve better than what they're getting. Um, but um, you know, this is Bianca Belair's time. She she should not be. They shouldn't be putting her into clown situations. Because what's going to happen is this: if WWE doesn't do right by Bianca Belair. AEW is gonna do right, has been doing right by Jade. And one of those two women are gonna be mainstream stars or both of those women could be big time mainstream stars. This is up to WWE. You should not be playing games with this woman. This, this woman is, Bianca is money. She is going, you just, just push her, let her do her thing and just watch the money just print out because mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen if you do right by her
1: bro just like i th- I think the most simple thing coming out of this and i think both of y'all agree bro like if she is indeed winning the title and mania bro just put the just put the rocket on her bro like just yeah. present, present yeah. her in that same present her in that same manner in that same <clears> or <throat> that you present becky lynch treat her like a big star she ain't got to come out and wrestle every week but you at least let people see her once a week, and then let her right, just present yeah. her as a, present her in the same way that you present your Becky Lynch's, your Roman Reigns is like you. I, 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 I say this all the time, bro. Like in professional wrestling, I'm, I'm not gonna say you can make anybody a star, but you can pretty much make most people, yeah. if not everybody, really? a star if you just make people believe that mm-hmm. they're a star. Or you or you show that the company is behind them, and I feel like with Bianca Belair, like much to what Nate was saying she's been able and, and you and you chris as well both of you guys have made great points in the fact that bianca has been hasn't been given the best of material but she's always sort of made it work and i think that's just all natural charisma in which you yeah. been able to add to me because like i mean I, when, when i they they have a they have like some great wrestlers uh in, in that women's division but I, I just think bianca when you know when she gets going i i would say probably the only one or the only, only few that's like above her I would say is Sasha and Oscar, and you know if you want to throw Io Shiran that mix i throw her in there mm-hmm. as well but I feel like Bianca is like in that mm-hmm. top five wrestlers yeah. in, in in all of WWE's women's division like she's up there and I, I feel like it's her time man like she do and, and then you know for all, for all the stuff we hear about you know oh, they want homegrown talent bro she is a homegrown mm-hmm. talent she has never wrestled anywhere yeah. outside mm-hmm. of the company bro she is
2: and yeah, born, she, you
1: know, she, performance center. Like, like that's where she was made yeah you know what i'm saying so so you would think naturally just off the strength of that they you should be like oh that, that's one of our you know that's that right she wasn't she, yeah. wasn't, she that's and, one of ours right that she wasn't in any way else yeah you would chris
3: yeah and she's legit too like if, if wrestling was a was real she'd be beating up 90 percent of those women anyway so and it's it's not a stress a stretch to believe that. So just <laughs> give her the belt, let her do her thing, and just watch what she does with it, man. It's it's about time WWE stops playing games with um with with her and let her run and stop playing games. Period. But we're talking about Bianca in this instance. Stop yeah. pa- playing games with that woman and let her do her thing.
1: And and, and and as we wind down here, I did want to mention some real quick. I, I don't know if y'all remember uh, the match that Naomi had with Charlotte on SmackDown for the women's title. That that first of all, that was a fucking great match. But like, I I think that that was a point for a lot of people when they were like, I mean, we we we, we kind of say it all the time. And, and then of course, Naomi, she's on WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? She's on the car. Ain't like she forgot about. But it, it, it's like so, sometimes, like when you see matches like that, as far as as far as Naomi goes. Like, and of course it takes two to tango. You can't, you know, leave Charlotte out the equation. You can't, you know, you can't just fucking like be like, she didn't have no part in that. She definitely did. But when you, when you see Naomi put on these performances, man, it's like, damn bro. Like they, they be treating Naomi. Like she about to fucking, like she's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like I I feel like she has so much more to add. Like, and, and, and as a singles competitor. And and I feel like if they just lean into it a little bit more, like I, I, I feel like she can, be smackdown or Raw Women's champion or you know w- right. w- whatever the fuck they they needed to be i i, I just feel like because that match like i seen that match get like universally praised on social media after it happened like that was a it, it was like a really really great match like they 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 went they went to work in that and like it, when, when you see some when you see somebody like Naomi who people have sort of been saying for years and she she was a part of that quote unquote old guard you know before they mm-hmm. transitioned into the you know soul era of the, the era of women's professional wrestling that they are in now she was before that, but at a very young age, might I add. and now she's still at a young age, and it's like I, I think people, not, not not people complaining about her being, and she's on WrestleMania again, but like I, I think people still see so much more in Naomi, and, and they, I'm kind of interested as far as far as like where you fall in that. Before we sort of uh, before before we wrap up the podcast, I'm just uh, curious to what you think about, you know, I I, I, I don't know if you like remember the very specifics about that match, but I'm pretty sure you mm-hmm. remember the online buzz that came from that match that she had with Charlotte Flair.
0: Yeah. Like it, it was a great match. And I think most folks have always said that Naomi is talented. Naomi should have been uh, elevated more, you know, going back to the whole uh, give Naomi a chance uh, movement online. Mm. Uh, you know, most fans uh, think that way. There's a few that don't, and they're probably the same people that was uh, clogging up Charmelle's mentions. So draw whatever mm. correlation you want to from, from that, Andrew. Uh, But I think that when you have somebody like Naomi, and this is not a slight to her, but sometimes you can can stay at a job so long that people forget your value, even if they think you're valuable.
2: Mm.
0: And I think that might be the spot Naomi's in, where... You know, like Naomi's always here. She's part of the family, like literally, literally and figuratively.
1: They, they, uh, they, 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 probably love the shit out of her backstage, bro. Yes, like, they, they, they,
0: like, probably. Like, they, they, probably love Naomi, but they don't, they don't value her as a top star in that division. They, you know, they're like Naomi's always gonna be here. Naomi always puts on good matches. She's got a great entrance. She's got a great look. Uh, you know, she's right. she's great backstage, but she's you not gonna be like, on the like same back level back as Charlotte here. or or Becky or or Sasha, and it's like, why not? why why isn't she on that same level because bell to bell you know she can hang
1: with him yeah for sure for yeah, sure man. I, like i'm I'm that, definitely with that are you with chris
3: no I, I just echo uh nate's sent- sentiments um I, I love uh naomi and i hope that um you know they appreciate her she's she's been a woman's champion before um smackdown yeah. woman's champion mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, she she gets to. Uh, she had that
0: great WrestleMania moment in uh, Orlando.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm 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 rooting for her. Um. And I I I think that's for for the that um all I want is all I have to say about that at the moment. Um. Until they. Right. do something extra egregious that i can't ignore <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go there you go there you go but, but, but as we wind down this podcast man i uh, just wanted to promote the quick uh for the culture card that's coming up uh in in dallas texas uh, for gcw uh just a quick couple of matches that's gonna be on that card we got hoodfoot versus billy dixon we got the hit makers man aj francis yeah. uh brianna brandy and uh tahuti miles reuniting uh the former uh hit row as they all know, they taking on, uh, Shane Taylor and O'Shea Edwards. We got AJ Gray versus Darius Lockhart, Tasha Steele versus Big Swole for the Impact Knockouts World title. And we got Rich Swan versus JTG and Brian Keith versus that man, too cold, Scorpio. And that's going to be taking place at, uh, GTW <laughs> for the culture, um, in Dallas, Texas. Just want to make quick mention of that and, you know, put a little bit of buzz behind that as we can, you yeah. know, the NWA pod. And, uh, also, um, you know, I, just want to make quick mention and, and, and get, before, before we move on to this last topic, I just wanted to get uh, Nate and Chris's quick thoughts. Um, you know, in the lat- latest episode of Rampage, as we're recording this, we saw, uh, you know, it looks like at some point we will be getting Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Swerve Shane Sh- Shane Swerve Strickland uh, against Ricky Starks. Uh, are, are you guys excited about these uh, potential matchups, or and, and you know, would you rather see these individuals um be more more, more so solo affiliated, or, or do you kind of like mm. the way that this is being approached, Chris? I'm gonna go to you first.
3: I think AEW, you gotta be attached to a clique, right? I mean, it's just, it's just like living, it's just like being, uh, in, in high school.
1: It's like New Japan, Chris.
3: LA. It's like, yeah. it's like New Japan, Chris. You gotta be in a faction. Yeah you, you, yeah, you gotta have a, you gotta have a gang. You gotta have some ride or dies. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the, I like the faction, uh, aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I think um like I like it. I I'm excited, man. Like uh Powerhouse and Keith Lee, that's that's going to be a damn Hoss fight, man. Like I can't wait for that one. Uh and then Ricky and Swerve like like that's just going to be phenomenal. Uh my my only issue, Andrew, and and, and 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 it's the only nitpick I'll make here is while I'm excited to see uh all of the combinations and interactions we can have with these four I'm just hoping that they get to do more out of conference games. If you if you catch what I'm saying, Andrew. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just I just don't want the interconference conference matchups every week. Like I wanna I wanna see oh, Swerve oh, in the, in
1: the, I, I, I I just call what you just said. It it took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanna see him that, go
0: on the road, play some other teams in the in the in, in the in the conference.
1: When I first heard it, I was like, "What, what do you like, like? What do you want to see them like a regular mono or some shit like that?" And Then that's when they clicked. I was like, "Oh, you know,
0: <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? I want to see them mix it up. You know, with, with, with somebody like uh, you know Punk or, or somebody like uh, Danielson yeah. or Moxley. You know what I'm saying? Because cause we know yeah. they can do
1: it." Yeah, no, for sure. I, I I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I I, I do like the way that they're sort of like intertwined. I yeah. I, do, I do like that part, and and I feel like you. Like, cause I I feel, I feel like so often a professional wrestling man, like we we always laugh about that trope where it's like, did this person not have no friends? Like, why is nobody like coming mm-hmm. out to like help this individual? Well, you yeah. know, what I'm saying? so I so, so I, I think it's a cool way to get uh, but you I I think Swerve and Ricky Starks, I think they gonna surprise a lot of people on the microphone. Yeah, I'm man. like really interested to see them too, and I I feel I feel like that's a good way to get Ricky on TV more, cause I feel like a lot of people think very highly of Ricky Starks and I think it's only a matter to like I I just think I mean we not even I think I think we've all had said this on this podcast plenty of times. AEW is like hella top heavy right now. Like Mm -hmm. they got some hitters on top. And they dude, CM Punk's not even around right now. He's filming heels. Kenny Omega's not I don't we don't even know when Omega's gonna be back. Danson and Moxley aren't even at the top. Dude they're they're in the tag division right now. And but AEW's still top heavy. So I, I I feel like it's i feel like it's gonna be cool to see like when you got these like mix of different people like you know at, like when when the ross is like fully healthy and then you're not even mm-hmm. factoring in like the motherfuckers is gonna end up coming in you know within the next few months or or mm-hmm. whatever it may be so it, yeah. it's gonna be real interesting man but as far as this goes I, I am real interested to see swerve and uh and 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 uh ricky starks and hobbs and and keith lee but as we wrap up here ladies and gentlemen we 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 had to touch on this um this is topic. Speaking Let's of another it over, man.
0: another great uh, leader in the no don't don't do country. it Nate <laughs> don't do it
1: Nate don't do it Nate
2: don't do it Nate do 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 <laughs> do
1: do <laughs> but we, we, we got we got to, we got to talk about that man uh, Cody Hakeem Uh-oh. Rhodes. he he has been have confirmed about it has been confirmed. Hold so, on, hold on, hold on, hold
0: on, Andrew. So, so we switching it up because usually we the we have Devontae. he Hakeem this
1: week, <laughs> he, he, he Hakeem this week. <laughs> so, so Cody, Cody Hakeem Rose, man, he uh he. It, side is Mike Johnson. uh was first from the um first in the story and uh, broke the news that Cody has signed officially signed his WB contract and the signing took place um over 14, the, the 10 days ago as the uh, ten to fourteen days ago as of this day that we're recording. Um, and you know Cody is appearing. You know it. You know th- th- the report knows that he is scheduled to debut. You know very very soon, particularly at WrestleMania. You know there are other reports out there that he's supposed to be at the role after WrestleMania. Either way, Cody is coming. He's he's he's, he's in WWE. Yeah. He's locked in. Um, and uh, I just Chris, I knew- got.
3: Um, yeah, I just got Great a notification Chris. from uh, Sean Ross Sapp over at his Patreon. Um, he, he just posted. I'm, I'm a part of the group that gets these blurbs before it happens so he said every wrestling every wrestling reporter is confirming Cody Rhodes for Wrestlemania so the question is how does he return to WWE will we see him on Raw a surprise return at Mania the Raw after Mania so it's 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 happening uh Cody yeah he's has sold out on all the AEW community, <laughs> he, he, he went for the money. He, he's no different than Sapphire which he turned on Dusty Rhodes. He's no <laughs> he's no different than Tatanka. Uh he uh Cody Rhodes is a
1: sellout now. Damn. <laughs> so so but Nate when, when you look at the uh sort so of like the new the, cause it like I don't care what nobody say, but this is a big news for somebody who is a founding member of All league Wrestling from the jump. Not not somebody that came in midway. Not somebody that got signed in April of 2019 before Double or Nothing. He was a part of like this whole journey from from all in and from
2: mm-hmm. way
1: back then, man. Like he was a part of it all. So to have somebody who was a founding member of All the league Wrestling to make the jump shit back to WWE. Um, for, for, firstly, you know, wh- I, I, how do you think is the best way to debut Cody? I think everybody's sort of hitting that Seth Rollins, but like, do you think? it would be best not to just go right to the match immediately and sort of have this start at WrestleMania and then go from there? Or, like, how would you Mm -hmm. sort of go about that? And also, what do you think is the sort of estimated, quote-unquote, steam that the Cody Rhodes effect will have um, before Mm -hmm. some people are, are, you know, ultimately saying they think was going to run out? Like, what's sort of your assessment of uh, Cody Rhodes coming to WWE?
0: Yeah, like you mentioned, Andrew, Cody was there from the ground floor with AEW. So this is a big story. Um, you know, it's it's something that you know kind of happened in a weird roundabout way because you know we've been talking about this for about a month, and then like there were a couple weeks in the middle where everything went quiet, and you started to see rumbles of like you know there's some there's a snag in the negotiations or whatever. But now that we we know that this is confirmed. I think it's it's gonna be really interesting, man. Uh, you know, you know, we 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 uh we, we got respect for that man, uh, Cody, Devontae, Hakeem Rhodes. <laughs> uh, on on this show, we're just gonna keep adding names every month. Uh, but I, I feel like if if I'm Vince, so if I'm putting my, my myself in Vince, uh, in Vince's position, but with my mind, uh, I think I debut Cody because I know the the the, the hot. Uh, speculation is Cody and Seth At Mania and I think that would yeah. be cool But I think that's a story That you can build coming out Of Mania versus going in uh, yeah. And I think You know because that, We always get kind of that, that lull After Mania every year Andrew where he's going
1: every year yep every yep. year they <laughs>
0: yep and it's like yeah. some stories are still going on like having rematches that nobody wants to see and other people are just kind of floating around with nothing to do i think putting cody versus seth in that post-Mania spot like that brings excitement and, and intrigue to raw because i i think that's where he's going uh most likely um I just think it's it's a really interesting move, Chris. You know, you talk about the robust yeah. wrestling economy. The door should swing both ways in terms of AEW and WWE. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Cody is going to get the bag uh, as well he should. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think, though, that, like, in terms of Andrew, like, the the trajectory of Cody's push, I think it all depends on the reaction, man. Like, I feel like this is yeah. going to be one of the re- few times where Vince actually listens to the people. Like, if – like, because, you know, there's, there's instances like with Kofi Mania where it's just undeniable coming from your consumer base.
1: Like, that's what they want – and you remember when uh, that that story that AJ, not, that, that, it's not even a story, but when AJ Styles said that he heard that Vince said that he thought his Royal Rumble reaction was a fluke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, yeah, it's like sometimes Vince got to be dragged along to what the people want to see. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think like, man, Cody could, could, could be great in this company. I don't think it's going to be a long run, though. Like, I think in terms of, yeah. like, the hotness of, of Cody coming in, I think, like, you get maybe – you get, like, a good little three-month, six-month mm. Cody hotness before he just becomes another dude on the roster because that's kind of what this company ends up doing to people eventually. But at least he's going to get that nice paycheck.
1: Yeah. What about you, Chris?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: I, I think I'm a, a, ex, I'm exactly where Nate is with this. I think, uh, would you say three to six months, maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. I think he'll get a, <laughs> a world title win out of this. Um, um, yes, so me and Nate are old enough to remember when Ric Flair debuted in WWE in 1991, like around, um, like in it was like october like around survivor series mm-hmm, uh, yeah. season he debuted he had a very strong 1992 by 1993 he was uh, uh, relegated to nobody status um and i do see that happening with uh Cody <laughs> Rhodes I, I i'm i'm trying my best to understand there's the bag has to be huge. It's it's got to <laughs> be a huge bag because I, like if if you watched Raw the last couple months and I will wa- actually watched two hours of Raw this Monday and then mm-hmm. when I saw Cody wasn't gonna debut once it hey. once I saw the writing <laughs> on the wall I was I'll be goddamned hey. if I sit through another hour of this shit.
1: Um, hey, hey, Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris, can I throw something at you real quick? Do you think it's what gonna benefit Cody? The fact that he is going to be this hot new not new, but you you get what I'm saying when I say new, right? Do you you think it'll yeah. benefit Cody the fact that he will be this hot new talent coming in in a like a, a, a roster of people that have sort of been bunkered down a bit, and it'll make him yeah. stand out more. Do you think that'll benefit him?
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. He'll get he'll get the the three to six months that date predicted. He'll get that. <laughs> i i I, i'm pretty sure wwe if they don't give him the three to six months then cody rhodes just he made the worst decision of his life
0: here's a question for both of y'all because i think now that we've got like the time frame do you think had because i think part of the the stories that we were hearing with cody leaving AEW is he was frustrated from a creative standpoint so right. let's 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 uh, put this scenario out there, Andrew. Let's say three months ago, Tony Khan buys AEW, and it's like, Yo, Cody, I'm, you know, I can't do everything, man. I got this soccer team, I got the Jaguars, I got AEW, I got a lot of things going on, man. I'm Tony Khan, uh, Cody. I, I need you to take over, run, run, run that ROH for me. Do you think if that option was available to Cody? Would he have still signed with WWE, or do you feel like had he had a creative outlet and he didn't have to go back to the WWE, he would have chosen that route?
1: So, just on your point, like just from the stuff that I read, like it was it was more so like a negotiation thing, and and then Cody feeling like he was worth more than. Mm-hmm what was being you think the bag was
0: more uh important to him than creative control or anything like that but
1: but see the thing is it's like it's not like this motherfucker was like scraping for pennies at aw man had two
0: tv shows on tv yeah (laughs) that's what i'm
3: trying to understand like this it's it's like this dude he I, i i made the point on here a month or so ago he was the face of not just AEW. He was the face of Turner Networks on TV. He was the face of TBS. He was the face of TNT. He had roads to the top. He had the Go Big Show. He was all over the place on TNT and TBS. Andy, I'm sure he was making a cool over a million dollars a year. Um, he had his, his, his show was streaming on HBO, um, HBO Max right now, mm-hmm. so I'm sure he's getting residuals from that. What What else do you fucking want, my dude? I mean, <laughs> the, the world does not seem enough for this brother. It just doesn't. I'm, I mean, I, t- to
0: be hey. fair, though, Chris, if if I single handedly solve racism in America, I want all the bags.
1: All right. All right.
3: right. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I think Cody had has had a WWE. Itch he's had to scratch for a while. I think he's yeah, like yeah. a Drew McIntyre yeah, type.
1: You, you, you're right, Chris. Where, Chris, you're right. You spat on, yeah. Chris. You spat on, bro.
3: Yeah, because 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 Drew McIntyre he needed to go back to WWE to show that he was valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll get J- Cody will get the Drew McIntyre run. He'll he'll get the go. belt once or twice. There you go. And he'll be feuding with Happy Corbin shortly. <laughs> well, the thing the thing is if. He's if he's got that itch, if he's gonna
0: make the move, this is the best possible time he's gonna to have to make it because he would have never right. like he's not gonna be as hot as he is right now.
3: Right, and it's, it, <laughs> I I just want I want, I, I want to know how long he's there for. I I want to know know how long he's there for. How long the
0: contract is?
3: Yeah, because I don't. Cody Rhodes is a sm, is if nothing he's smart. I don't. He
1: going back to AEW, he bro. Had, he's going yeah, back. Yeah, he's going yeah, yeah. back.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Dusty Rhodes' his son, right? So that's <laughs> what he's going to do. Dusty Rhodes took a two-year break from um not even a full two-year break, but he he, he did 89 and 90 in WWE. Um, he was back in um WCW shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um and in Cody Rhodes I see him kind of doing the same thing. Um I I wouldn't be surprised if this was set up by Tony Khan. Oh damn, um, Chris with the conspiracy, conspiracy theory. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm not gonna like uh I'm not gonna <laughs> promote that conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that if if I find this out later, it's not gonna be something I'm gonna be floored by, right? It's like, yeah, whatever.
0: Um. So, but yeah, so, man, that's so. the thing about Cody? Cody, though, Andrew, like, you know, because cause I, I agree with both of y'all like this isn't a long term thing. I think eventually he does make his way back to AW. In fact, it would not shock me if Cody was already writing the storyline of how he's gonna come back
1: because that's how it that is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I, but I, exactly. I,
1: I think, I think Cody is, I think Cody is very strategic in everything that he mm-hmm. does. I don't think, I, I, I always feel like, and, and this is what you, like, I know we like, you know what I'm saying? We like to clown Cody and, you know what I'm saying? Cause of that promo he cut, but like, yeah. he's a very strategic business person. And I, I don't, I don't think he yeah. just does shit just to do it. I think that he does everything at least. He's at least thinking about, thinking about four or five months ahead and, and what could come from that. Like, mm-hmm. so I I think that he is looking at an opportunity where, you know, he has the opportunity, he has the chance to sort of be that first, with, is, he, is he that first person to jump from AEW to WWE and he's going back where a place that he's been there before, pretty sure he's going to be welcomed back with open arms for the most part in terms of the locker room, like it's despite all the shit he was talking, like, or, or, mm-hmm. you know, these different yeah. Over the years, it even you could go back to the AEW Unrestricted podcast in 2020 when he was like, you know, I I don't have the option to go back. He said the other guys can change their minds, but I don't think I can go back. Boy, two years later, I might have things to change. <laughs> right. but, but but like um, right. but like I I think Cody, I I think the best way to bring him into the fold, if you if you want to maximize on this, just like what I think is going to be like a fucking like thunderous reaction that he's going to get, mm-hmm. dude don't like just just do this Seth Rollins the next week he tries everything possible to get himself on this Wrestlemania card and it's just like shit it's just not working out you don't even have to beat him like he just can't get a match like like, he just can't get the right match to get him properly featured on this show and then it just gets to a point where he just hit his breaking point and he just like you know what fuck this like I done heard the rumors I done heard everybody say this and that make the fucking call out and he'll see you on night two of Wrestlemania and you had a motherfucker show up and, and mm-hmm. on, on night two, and I'm pretty sure he'd get a big, 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 big reaction J- just 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 off yeah. the strength of Rollins right. coming out there, and- standing in the ring, being like, you know what, I'm ca- I'm calling him out. Like I- I'm t- I'm tired of this. I need to find my way to this car, and then I think the best way to do it is to take this out of wrestlemania like we 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 don't need this whole one week thing and then they go fight a WrestleMania. like keep this right going. like no. let, let's, yeah let's, sh- let's just check sh- sh- the- this out a little bit more i don't i don't think the best way to go about it is to like just dive right into this immediately like you, no, no. This you got no right. no you got you got a lot of thing. meat on that bone to tell this story
3: yeah. And, and, yeah, I and i heard that, like, that um i i heard on the uh on the wrestling websites they said that night two of mania is five thousand short of a sellout? Five or six? I I do think Cody Rhodes is good for five or six thousand to sell out night to. He's not good no, for, it, it, um, it, it, yeah,
1: no, but he's I was not good saying, but to sell out the
3: whole arena. But like you know, five or th- five thousand no. more, I think he could pull that.
1: No, nah, bro, because it's, it's exciting, bro. Like, it's, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, you yeah. you got your first person that's coming from another from the rival wrestling company that's jumping shit like that. shit But that shit is that. But it, that but that type of shit is good for wrestling, bro. Like and you yeah. always want to see people have yeah, like this type. It's
2: of, great for wrestling. Of, it, 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 it,
1: it, it's, it's great like for wrestling overall and for that the people like uh, jumping back. <laughs> I don't think Cody's gonna be the first person to do it. Like I mean, this, the he, I think he's gonna be the last person to do it. I should say. Like you, I'm pretty sure you yeah. gonna have some maybe at least but one or two it's, people it's- in the future.
3: It's fu- it's funny to think about what his crucible is going to be once he gets back to WWE cuz this is a man who has made fun of WWE from his first day of siding with AEW at that pre- when AEW was an idea and a thought mm-hmm. at that press conference from his first day he made fun of WWE Till the very last promo he cut where he made fun of the name of Gunther. You know what I'm saying? The very last promo he cut in AEW, he made fun of WWE. So it will be interesting to see what he has to go through to get back in the good graces or if he even but, ever will get back in the good
1: graces. But man. but 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 see the but see the thing is, like I, I don't even think that's a small way to go about it from WWE standpoint, because if you want to lure in more people from AEW to come eventually think of even consider right. the idea of making the jump with the money that you can offer, you will at least want to show them like, hey, one of your guys did come over and look where the fuck he at now. He world champion yep. or he doing this and he doing like you I, I think that would be the learn start. from, from the mistakes that, that you like, made you know, when you, you bought
0: the WCW. WCW. Yeah. I,
1: exactly. I, don't don't just like jump out there and be like, uh, I mean yeah, I mean C- C- cody Cody the fucking grilled WWE over the past year. Like one of the funniest things that I think he's ever done i'll be honest with you is the money shakes thing that they did on bte when he was like people can't control like staying away from the money and he was like he he had yeah. like, the money sign written on his chest and, and they did the whole thing when yeah. they had christopher daniels come in and check on Cody. Mm-hmm. he was like i i haven't seen a money yeah. shakes this bad since aj debuted at the rumble in <laughs> <Like, laughs> 2016 like, like you know you know what i'm saying like like, like just a little little funny little, little cheeky stuff like that but um yeah. like I, I think the best I way to do- know about it is
3: I I think that I I think everything you just said, Andrew, would be great. But I always go back to this is WWE. Um, And (laughs) I I think that they uh, cut off their nose to, uh, you know, smite their face. That's just the kind of shit that they do. Um, I see Cody Rhodes being good for a couple months and then they have to prove that their WWE Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and even though for all intents and purposes Cody Rhodes is a homegrown WWE star you know what I'm saying he had some very formidable years in WWE as a strong mid Carter so it's not like he's like this complete blank slate that you have to change to your way of doing things but um I'm just interested in seeing I think I I hope that what you uh, propose, Andrew is what actually happens But I've just seen this company Do too many times where It's easier to walk Just in a straight line And they gotta zigzag And pogo stick And Mm -hmm. fucking (laughs) Crawl to a motherfucker Instead of just walking a straight line So
2: Mm.
0: I mean, you know what this yeah, is all yeah. leading to, Andrew. Next year With- in Christian city, main event WrestleMania night two. Triple H Stephanie versus Cody Rhodes and future Hall of Famer Brandy Rhodes. Let's hey. get it.
1: Hey, hey, nah, hey, no nah, no, no, no bullshit though. Like, if, if like if he if he is physically healthy. You know what i'm saying I don't, I don't i don't like like i, I know people got like very opinions about triple h i, I don't like I, i'm as far as yeah. like people hell goes I don't, I don't be like joking around about that shit i don't think that shit is funny but mm-hmm. that, that that's, yeah. that's just me that's but like what like uh but if he can do something dog that that matches like come like how do you not do yeah. that bro like come on man like that's like th- but that, that, that's like may right there like and i think at times it's like if they were to do something it'd get a little chippy on the microphone and i, I think that's that's mm-hmm. probably best for for it, for it to turn out that way but like that i think that would be something real cool but like of course the triple h would have to be fully you know what i'm saying healthy yeah. and clear and shit like that because they they said that what he went through was like kind of well not even kind of it, it was like real serious but yeah cody's coming in man um you know like like, like chris said it's always gonna be that hesitation uh about what what, what they do going forward uh, but but as we wrap up, fellas, uh, re- very sad to report the news. It ain't it ain't nothing like negative, like nobody got hurt or nothing like that. But that brother Darius Lockhart did not win the NWA Junior World Title. uh They put the title on Homicide. So, but but brother Lockhart, we we, we root for you, man. Hopefully you get the strap uh one of these days. But Nate, sh- shall you sign us off, my brother?
0: You know we we appreciate Andrew Thompson. He gave y'all the news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know we talked about. That man Cody Rhodes, we talked about Keith Lee, we talked a- about uh Naomi, we talked about a lot of people. We talk about bro. talked about everything. Talked about everything, man. But but you know, speaking of Cody Devante, Hakeem uh uh Rhodes, I was trying to think of another name on the spot, but I couldn't do it, Andrew. <laughs> a man enough to admit th- a man enough to admit it. Uh but but Cody Rhodes out here trying to do numbers. And since we we talking numbers, Chris, I think there's only one person we can turn to. Uh, in in our second segment, and that of course is a friend of the show, part of the post wrestling family, brother Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics. So uh, Andrew, appreciate you as always, nephew. Y'all check out all Andrew's work online. Check out the interviews on the Andrew Thompson Interviews channel. Uh, but but Chris, I'm gonna need you to put down that third mimosa, man, because I need you to be <laughs> clear headed when we talk to Brandon. Uh, so so yeah, let's let's get to it. Second half NWA podcast, Brandon Thurston. Let's go. All right. Want to give a shout out, as always, to my nephew, the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson, for keeping us informed with another great installment of the Nubian News. But now, Chris, it's, it's time to dig a little deeper on a specific topic. And, and this episode, you know, it's coming out in March, and, and March is... You know, synonymous with a lot of things, Chris. Basketball, March is synonymous with springtime and, and St. Patrick's Day. And a lot of people think about green in the month of March. And, and, and I guess this month is somebody who thinks about green, not just in March, but 12 months of the year, year round. He is somebody who uh, we enjoy listening to. He's always uh, informative and entertaining. And he's uh, not only a friend, Chris, but he's part of the post-wrestling family. Let's bring in, from WrestleNomics, Brandon Thurston, brother Brandon. How are you, man?
4: Nate and Chris, it's great to be here. As I was just telling you off air, it, it, was, it was Nate Milton uh, among those who had me uh, as a podcast guest for my very first podcast guest appearances of any kind. So, But it's, it's, it's great to be here uh, and, and uh, sit down with members of the post-wrestling family.
3: And Brandon is our first non-melanated uh, guest on our yeah. this show right? <laughs> I mean, hold, Chris, hold on. Like, I know ab-
0: appearance-wise we could say that, but who knows? Like, we need to do an Ancestry.com, 23andMe, yeah. find out what's going on in the history <laughs> of Brother I've got Brandon one over
4: here that I keep meaning to, oh, man, I should do that. I, I, it's right <laughs> over here. I should send it off and then lick it. You know, he, and, he, might uh, be like, he might be
0: like Cody Devontae Rhodes. He can come to the cookout.
3: <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I put in a, a form. I was like, uh, Brandon comes yeah. to the cookout, so awesome stuff, man. So, uh, Britt, if you you do you mind if I kick this off with questions, Nate? No, go ahead, Chris. Okay, so um, cool. Thank you, thank you, Nate and Brandon. I believe I first heard um, of you probably back in twenty ten. Um, when, you were do, wow. when you were wrestling um, on the indies, I still, like, uh, remember a promo you did from a, a couple years ago uh, where you said, I, I don't do memes, I do wrestling <laughs> 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 or something or I do. what did you say? It was like, I think you were feuding with Garcia or something like that. So
4: so st- that, that that's more recently like that's the the beyond wrestling stuff the uncharted territory
3: Yeah right so was, the ESW stuff is is, is always my
4: whole that. my my whole adult life is ESW um Okay yeah no the 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 line about I don't, I don't I'm not here to make friends. I'm Not here to create memes. And here to do violence. I think that,
2: that yeah, do violence.
4: Uh, <laughs> 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 that was yeah. that was definitely uncharted territory in what what must have been 2019, which was mm. you know a, a a great a great little run for for me.
3: In, well, in wrestling. Then, um, and so so then when I finally heard you do um, the wrestling number crunch and stuff, it was it, was it? I don't know if you remember this Nate or not, but. It seems like it was a, a while ago when I really sit back and think about it. It was before the post wrestling era, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Maybe it, it was on the Law, and Pollock interviewed you, and you were crunching numbers. Um, is that true or not?
4: I, I don't I don't I would know if I was a guest on the Law, but I if, but I was on with post wrestling as a guest probably sometime relatively early in the in since they started wrestling yeah. yeah
3: yeah okay cool so th- so my very first question you're in buffalo new york correct
4: that's right yeah
3: right so okay so um j- just a generic question um B- buffalo okay so i used to go to new york every single year but new york city so i want to get my new york lingo right so buffalo <laughs> buffalo would be is that that's not is that upstate
4: i would call it upstate. i would call anything that's not in the the new york city area upstate especially if you get get out of that southern portion of new york state you know i would call anything in 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 the that non-new york city region to be upstate new york
3: right so and then buffalo buffalo was a, a wwe town correct or...
4: I, th- I think so. So I always hear about Wrestling at the Odd, which is our memorial auditorium that, that was torn down in, like, 1996 when they built a new arena. Mm. Um, but, yeah, def- definitely a, a, a Fed territory, a McMahon territory. But before that, I guess it was Pedro Martinez territory. Okay, um, NWF. Mm.
3: Okay, cool. So So how did you get interested in the the number crunching side of things, because for me personally, I hated math all throughout elementary school, all throughout middle school, all throughout high school, all throughout college, all throughout my master's degree program, (laughs) all throughout my PhD program. And then I pick majors where I thought, oh, political science, I'll never have to worry about math again. And then, um, All I have, all I do is math now as far as like number crunching and surveys and correlations and all this other stuff. And you started out doing this for fun as an interest and as a hobby. So first of all, salute to you for that because that just, you know, this, this is this math stuff that i do is 100 percent a job
0: chris is like deontay wilder with math he's like i hate math to this day
3: to this day (laughs) yes Yes. to this very day
4: i I guess so when i was really young i was Mm -hmm. like in elementary school i was pretty good at math um but as i got into middle school and high school i was not as much of a star student as i was you know in my you know under 10 years And in college, I I, I think I've told this story a couple times. In college, I had to take a a statistics class to, you know, to graduate, and so I took like social statistics. It was really hard. It's it's in many ways. I when I'm doing R squareds and you know calculating correlations and stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, this is what they were trying to teach me in statistics. I, I didn't do well in that. And then the final Mm. exam came and I, uh, I wrote down the wrong start time. I I looked at the the exam schedule and I wrote down the the, time that I saw on the schedule and I showed up at that time to take my final exam. Only I I actually showed up about 10 minutes early only to find out that, no, that was the end time of the exam. Mm. (laughs) So, so I had like, yeah, so, so the the instructor, uh, she was like, "Here, just just take the scantron and just fill in as many answers as you can."
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, that, that that's a similar story to be about of um, SATs or was it the ACT? I don't remember which one, but yeah, the first attempt of at that, I showed up uh, extremely late to it. Uh, and had to come back and reschedule it, and I think rescheduling at that time was like another three or six months, something like that. So yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting story that I can relate.
4: Yeah, I, I didn't get to retake it though, so I, I think my final grade was a D minus in statistics. I barely mm. did not fail. Uh, but no, I, so doing Russell stuff. I mean, obviously Chris Harrington did this before I did for many years, and is actually mm. trained in math. Um, but I, I guess it's, uh, it's, I'm, I, you know, I'm somebody who grew up and I, I, I was, am or was an independent wrestler for a long time, but I'm also somebody who just grew up, you know, in the, in the internet wrestling fan culture too, in terms right. of tape, tra- tape trading and message boards and mm-hmm. newsletters and people debating about this and that. And a lot of these debates ultimately rely on some sort of data almost never gets drilled into and i guess that's that's how i saw mm. it and i tried i'm trying to figure out what the data really is or what the data can tell us if anything data doesn't always tell you much <laughs> but at least you <laughs> but at least you're investigating it to see it, if, it, if, there's, if there's anything it can tell you
3: it's a it's a starting point though right like i'm like there's there's what we think about john cena and then there's the numbers that actually show what John Cena means to WWE, you know, because I can hate John Cena, I can hate Roman Reigns, um, and that will be true because it's my opinion, but then there's the other portion of that where, um, okay, I hate these guys, but this is what they bring to the WWE table, Um, Mm -hmm. and this is why they're valuable to that company. Wouldn't you say, Nate, right...
0: Well, it's a difference in, and I think Brandon is kind of talking about that a little bit, where, especially nowadays, when you look at the prevalence of social media and the prevalence of shows like this, you know, people have a different platform, there's one thing to have an emotional argument, and emotions can be a very important thing, but there's something to that factual analysis that people like Brandon provide, and so, yes, you know, I, you can say or – uh Folks out there can say I don't like wrestler X, Y, or Z, but you can't quantify their value based on that feeling. You know, you can quantify their value based on merch. You can quantify their value based on ratings and ticket sales and things of that nature. The data that Brandon kind of dives into, and so that's the kind of a question I have for you, Brandon: Is when we live in an area or in an era, uh, particularly the last four years, where facts seem to be a secondary issue in an argument a lot of times comes you know facts come secondary to my emotions and my opinions uh how difficult has it been for you to kind of you know lay these this information out for folks or has it been difficult
4: you're talking about twitter probably (laughs) right among other things (laughs) um, yes yeah especially since aw has come into existence Mm. um uh, you know, and I, and I have a connection to Chris Harrington, who's, who's working for AEW. And I think, I don't know how much people are even aware of that as, as far as the people who are giving me big emotional responses, but, um, but there's that. And, but anyway, since AEW started to exist, now we have, I, I, I it seems to me like a online cu- culture war between WWE fans and AEW mm. fans and people who want one or the other to succeed. And I I kind of see myself as like a referee here. And, you know, <laughs> and people are always complaining at the referee, um, <laughs> and saying yeah. that the referee's biased and they, they're just calling the game because, and I, I, and I'm not saying anybody should look at the, look at wrestling or has to look at wrestling from a business perspective. You don't mm-hmm. have to at all. Um, but I think one of the things that draws me to studying wrestling business is that it's kind of the, the only legitimate scoreboard. It's the only legitimate measurement, of a of, of value of numbers that we can get to that are not just somebody's opinions or somebody's sentiment about a wrestler or a show or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can me- measure sentiment too, for that matter. But, um, but yeah, I, I sort of look at it as the scoreboard. I think Tony Khan said that somewhere and I've, I've been repeating it, but it That seems right to me that it's, it's the ratings, the other numbers, the attendance. I look at things like Google trends, which is web search. I look at, you know, YouTube, video views there 's a script that runs on my computer every hour that scrapes all the all the wrestling youtube channels now so i 'm gathering all that stuff together to put it in in a, something that 's more of a meaningful analysis but uh but yeah that's that 's the stuff that uh you try to get meaning from, and you can mm-hmm. always interpret the data But just because you have data doesn 't necessarily mean it 's going to be understood in a way that is actually useful meaningful truthful to people you can you know as you're kind of alluding to nate you know there's there's obviously in the wider media environment there's all different ways that people are interpreting all different kinds of data and phenomena mm-hmm. phenomena to, okay. to, to to suit their own preconceived notions and, and views of the world and there's some of that down in, in the wrestling world too
3: right quick before we start with the aew stuff if you know, not mind nate, i wanted to ask you quickly <laughs> About the MLW WWE uh antitrust um lawsuit that's going mm-hmm. on at the moment. And I just think it's interesting that um Court Bauer decided to go this particular route with um with the antitrust lawsuit, right? So I've I'm, I'm in, as a political science professor. Um, we we kind of look at antitrust lawsuits dating back to like when Paramount had a lawsuit, United States I think it was United States versus Paramount, in like 1948. Um, more recently, all the Microsoft antitrust lawsuits they there have been. Um, and what do you think MLW's ultimate goal is with an antitrust lawsuit?
4: it's it's been speculated to me that well, may maybe what court's really after here is some sort of settlement where maybe they right. acqu- acquire mlw i mean that's mm. that's purely speculation um it's it's really hard to know because they haven't really present mlw hasn't really presented any any real evidence yet except they've just made claims and they've only really made this one statement the complaint that that uh, came out in january um mm-hmm. wwe's response they're motion to dismiss that came out two days ago, Tuesday, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they did a thorough job of, of, you know, discrediting these, these allegations, but we'll see what happens when, when MLW, uh, you know, writes their next uh, part of this case, are they going to present real evidence? They've got uh, Mark Kasowitz's firm uh, defending. Yeah. That's a very, it's gotta be a very expensive Firm, maybe they're taking it on contingency. Maybe they mm-hmm. saw the shareholders lawsuit uh, where where WWE settled with with the class the mm-hmm. action shareholders lawsuit, and maybe maybe the Casswitz firm thinks that there's you know maybe they can get a settlement out of these people. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's it's just it's really hard to say now unless they bring up some evidence because there's it's. So- just,
3: yeah the, so um what I've uh, like understood antitrust suits to be is sometimes when when these big corporations get sued whether it's by the United States or whether it's by another company it's not necessarily to win a big cash settlement but it's cuz usually what does what I've seen happen is the government will put Microsoft on notice hey, you have to change this about the way you do business or that about the way you do business. Even if it's not like a huge result and huge losses for them, it kind of like lets them know that, hey, the way you've been practicing your business in the past isn't going to necessarily fly in the future,
4: right? So I'm not a legal expert, but I've been trying to learn about the dynamics of this case and antitrust, and one thing they talk about, both in the complaint and in We's response, is market power, which is apparently interchangeable with the term monopoly power. And right. To, and to and for a, a business like We or like Microsoft to to legally have market power or monopoly power, they have to dominate an industry. We's response is that they they don't have, uh, you know, they they don't dominate the the wrestling TV rights market. In fact, they say that there isn't a wrestling TV rights market.
3: Yeah. And they, they uh, use Dave (laughs) Meltzer. They Uh, they use the wrestling observer as a, as proof. And that they did. That's an exhibit
4: Uh, in, in the, uh, in, 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 in the motion to dismiss, Dave did not credit me for the ratings reports, but he should have. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that, but the Observer is 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 uh, included. It's funny. Like uh, there have been other times though where McDivitt has said, you know, oh the, these are basically like the, the these have the, all the credibility of the National Enquirer or these like mm. supermarket tabloids. These are just people who go around digging for things and they have no other known job. But oh wait, it says something favorable, favorable for us. Okay, it's an exhibit. Mm. Uh, yeah their relationship with the wrestling media
0: <laughs> that's a great segue though brandon because the the exhibit that vince uh, excuse me the wwe is presenting is we're not a monopoly because of all this other stuff going on and you could argue if not for the prevalence of AEW, they might not have an argument and so let's talk about AEW, man because i remember back in 2019 i think we talked a little bit uh when dynamite was starting about our predictions for this company, how far we th- thought they could go, you know what, what our estimates for the ratings would be, the money, things of that nature. And I would say, Brandon, as a layman, as somebody who doesn't look at the numbers as deeply as you do, I would say A.W. and Tony Khan would have to be pretty pleased. In 2022, if they could look back and say, we went from there to here. Uh, as somebody who does follow the numbers very carefully, Brandon, what's your assessment of AW over the past three years, where they were and, and where they are now?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. I think I wrote something in September 2019 trying to forecast sort of what I thought was going to happen. And I mm. think I said something along the lines of, hey, look, Wednesday night is going to be the biggest combined wrestling night. It's when you add NXT and AEW together. These are shows going, you know, almost 100% head-to-head. You know, yeah. NXT had an overrun, but when you add those numbers together, their their viewership is eventually going to be bigger than Raw or SmackDown. Um, I did not predict that AEW would so decisively win the Wednesday Night War. I certainly didn't predict that, you know, the Wednesday Night War would only last what like a year and a half. Um, but I think I think reading the ratings a lot of it comes down to looking at the ranking. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows that TV viewership has mostly declined over time. Take any TV property. It's viewership is probably way lower than it was um, years ago at the NFL. There are some, some exceptions, right? Like the NFL did better this year than it did in 2020 and so forth. Yeah. Or this past season. Mm-hmm. Um, but AEW's, ranking pretty strongly when you look at those charts that showbiz daily puts out every day and on, and puts it out just came out this afternoon we're recording it on thursday um and uh dynamite ranked number six uh last night this this, this week um and it was just behind the nba and college mm-hmm. basketball but i believe the week before this week it ranked number one and that's certainly not the first time that that's happened they're among the most watched cable shows on wednesday and that goes a long way towards justifying a really great tv deal their tv deal right now for both dynamite and rampage in the u.s is about a tenth of what raw and smackdown get combined um so but we know that the demo between dynamite and raw is pretty comparable so you can make a pretty strong argument there's other things that will surely come into play, but but you make a pretty strong argument by just looking at here's what is valued at, here's what they deliver in terms of viewership, here's what we deliver in terms of viewership. Why is there this huge gap, and why why aren't we why shouldn't we get in 2024 when they renegotiate a new deal? Why shouldn't we get a mm-hmm. you know three x increase, a four four x increase, quadruple our TV rights fees? Um, so I yeah I, I yeah at, at, at risk of. Uh, Sounding like I have AW bias, I guess. It, it sounds like they've done a pretty good job. You know, they've uh they've right. they won the Wednesday night war. I mean the part of the reason why I believe that NXT Black and Gold is no longer with us and Paul Levesque is is no longer in as prominent of a, a position and uh with now and in the future of of is because they didn't win that war and they didn't get not, not just that, but they didn't didn't justify greater TV rights compensation, greater T V compensation for the usa network mm. um it was an opportunity to turn nxt into another and smackdown in terms of generating tv revenue by all indications that did not happen we don't know the exact numbers about what the, what nxt is worth on usa network but it's it can't be much i would speculate maybe just an ad revenue share so you know nxt did not succeed in becoming this third tv rights brand AEW did
0: I wanted to circle back to a conversation that you had on Russellnomics uh, a month or so ago, Brandon kind of circling around big Swole's comments and talking about the viewership and the different demographics and the breakdowns of viewerships of WWE and AEW programming. And, you know, first of all, if anybody hasn't listened to that episode, definitely go back and check it out. I thought you guys did a great job uh, tackling the subject. Uh, But in terms of looking at these dem- different demographics, uh, Brandon, are there things that have surprised you in, in seeing some of these numbers, or are, is the data what you expected?
3: And I have the chart up in front of me as well, because yeah. I. It, uh-huh.
4: So, so I uh, this is so breaking wrestling viewership down by race is not something that's super available, like it is for P eighteen to forty nine and, 49 and mm-hmm. men eighteen to forty nine, women eighteen to forty nine um so i got we basically i basically have two data points here to look at but they're over they're over about six months of separation so i have one set of data points uh that i share with chris i think he shared it with you nate um that's from basically q3 2021 so it's july 1st to to the middle of september and I've, i've done some investigation earlier today and i've got an update on this information so i've got january 1st to to basically the present march 13th so most of q1 the quarter that we're currently in um and what we see is you know and what we saw last time and it's it's not much different um is that w programs have a larger percentage of, of their audience who are black viewers and we see uh I, th- I think the, uh, the the differences are not as pronounced among Hispanic viewers, or among <clears throat> viewers of other races, but you've got, like, in, in the case of SmackDown, about a quarter of the audience are black viewers. Um, and in the case of Dynamite, what is it uh, lately? It is... It was in Q3, Dynamite. It was 13% black viewers, 63% mm-hmm. white, and now... It is. It is. Where is dynamite? It is. Sixty nine percent white, thirty four percent. Or I'm sorry, thirteen percent.
3: Yeah, what's to say? So, mm. <laughs> Here is what I've noticed with this chart, and can, correct me if I'm wrong. The way I'm looking at it, it doesn't look year over year, twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, that there is a minority majority watching wrestling at the moment. No. Um, when you're talking um, mm-hmm. uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Rampage, uh, and Dynamite, um, and Impact, There's, there, is no mi- there is no minority, majority watching these programs.
4: Right. Which, which is reflective of the, of the population overall, right by, mm-hmm. I guess we've, we've got here the Nielsen Universe estimate, which is supposed to be the estimate of the percentage of the U.S. population generally uh, 13% black, uh, 18% Hispanic, 8% other race, 61%, uh, white. So that's, that's not changed in, in the (laughs) course of six months as you would expect. Uh, but so I, I, I did the math just before I got on, on the phone with you here. And I took the percentages that we have and I looked up what the viewership was in those two timelines. And I multiplied the percentages by the total viewership and I got the, what should be pretty close to the, to the numbers of viewers. And then Mm -hmm. I did the deltas on those. Is everybody following me here? Um, yeah. So basically it, it looks like dynamite is down with black viewers by about Mm. 22% between those two timelines. Um, so, and then this is, so this is something that that I asked Tony Khan about in the last media call and he, and he, I asked him, why do you think, or I didn't ask him why you think, but is, do you think that, there's, that this is something that you can change? The fact that you've got uh, a smaller percentage of your audience who are black viewers versus WB. Um, and he talked about all the things that they're doing, and uh, Jade Cargill's name was brought up, and all yeah. the things they're doing around diversity. Um, but we do see, you know, AEW's not improved with black viewers. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's decreased.
3: And and, we, and first of all, thank you for asking that question, because I been—I didn't really try to get in on that last scrum, but a couple scrums ago, I i, I ran into a, a lot of brick walls getting on that scrum. Because I want to ask uh, me and Nate, I, I think I speak for both of us, even Andrew, we, we want those answers to those questions, you know, and nobody on those media calls ever asked that. So thank you for asking that we, we greatly appreciate that. Secondly, looking at this chart, um, it looks like rampage is up by, um, a significant enough number, um, with black viewers than, um, than it is, um, than dynamite and is, how is that, man? <laughs> this is like, a, how do we... It's, is it it's Jade. Me, it's Jade. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jade. It's Mark Henry yelling, it's time for the main right. event. What is it, man?
4: Right. And unfortunately, I don't have this like by week. Uh, mm. Someone gave this to me just in these big chunks of time. So I don't know like, if, yeah. well, on weeks that Jade Cargill was on or whoever was on that, that there were mm. differences. But, but it's important to, to note, too, that the period one that we're looking at, July to September... When we're talking about Rampage, Rampage was only, and I did count them out, Rampage had five episodes during that period, whereas the others had 10 episodes right. during that period. And in okay. this timeline, in this current timeline, January to March, all these shows have had 10. So we've got 10 examples to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to spin it positively for AW, say, hey, look, our, our black viewers on Rampage have grown by 25%. Um, so, and, and by i think i have the, the chart that i that i showed you before i did this other calculation i think up by four percentage points of the like the total per- percentage of the audience mm. um, which is probably a more confusing way to think about it than actually calculating the percentage of different the percentage differences uh of the viewers themselves um so it looks good for rampage and i, I don't know if you know, there's all sorts of weird things with Rampage in, in, the, in that second episode because the, the audience was so huge for the punk episode. But, right, right. But yeah. But Dynamite, right. we do have 10 episodes in Q3. We do have 10 episodes in Q1. And we can see that. But by, by it's probably not a mistake in, in, the, in the Nielsen sample that it's down 22%. Mm.
0: I think one of the most interesting things on the chart to me, Brandon, uh, is Impact. Impact like steadily right there in the middle, like in the first chart impacts at 18 percent and in the second chart impacts at uh, 20 percent with black viewers. Uh, And they also are doing pretty well with Hispanic viewers as well. And so it feels to me like for Impact to be doing better than Dynamite, given that it's on a channel that is less accessible Uh, no pun intended, given that it's on access, uh, less accessible than the AEW programming. To me, that, that just feels intriguing and wrong. But I guess if you've been paying attention to the programming of Impact, though, Brandon, where you get this wide variety of performers that are put in top positions, and it's not so monochromatic, for lack of a better word, in terms of the main event scene, I could see why Impact would be more appealing to viewers of color than Dynamite if they're just flipping through the channels.
4: Yeah, it's uh, and and this was the case both in the 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 first quarter of this year and in the the third quarter of last year. So it's when I when I saw this, you know, I I I think I had seen maybe some partial data, maybe within the demo for the early periods of uh, of Dynamite. So I was I was aware that something like this was happening um but it's it's very curious I you know in in business there's I've learned through listening to WWE earnings calls in fact that there's this term called the, the TAM the total available market and what I when I you know extrapolate from this is that okay uh WWE over indexes with with black viewers relative to the population generally mm-hmm. maybe that's just what the what the total available market for wrestling is and AEW mm-hmm. AEW's not capturing all of them. You know, they're disproportionately not capturing that that group of people. So, you know, what can they do to correct that and you know that that's one thing that we talked about in, in the episode uh, uh, that you guys referred to is, you know, they've got uh, a lot of top talent who who are not black people and they've mm-hmm. got um, if you look at and they, they do have Scorpio Sky as TNT champion now. Thunder Rosa right. just yep. one Thunder Rosa who's
3: hysterical. Do you? I know you probably don't have this on you but do you know like what the rate what Scorpio Sky bought to the table ratings wise his segment this week with um or, I, do ha-
4: I do have the quarters. Uh it would take me a second okay. to, to to pull them up. But uh I I hesitated to draw too much from the quarter hours but uh yeah. if I, if I scroll and scroll here it's in, my, it's in my slides. So the Scorpio Sky war low match was the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, sequentially, audience barely moved, uh, but it did have over a million viewers, and there's only only half of the quarters had a million viewers. Dynamite is a, is a funny pattern, though, because it's benefiting, especially total audiences benefiting from the Big Bang Theory lead-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, sequentially in the demo, mm-hmm. it was down uh, from the prior quarter, which was the peak in the demo. Uh, about five hundred thousand viewers. So it's about on the average of what the show did, um, but down sequentially. I mean, you know, there we can look at the quarters and I think it's you know, it's a it's a macro analysis that that the quarters need and it's easy to get caught up in, in one data point. And I like to try to cross reference this with YouTube clips too, because mm. those are more about specific segments and mm-hmm. you know, you actually have to choose the segment, it's not just being fed to you on a on a two hour program. But uh but yeah, I don't know. It, you look at WWE, and I mean, you know, they just had uh, Big E be their champion, Bobby Lashley be their champion, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair is prominently featured, Sasha Banks. So it's uh, it does. It, when you watch WWE programming for all its other problems, it does come off as a, yeah. as a more as a more culturally diverse program.
3: And I and I it would be interested. And I know you you've we've talked about this before off the air. But uh what the, like, who, like, which kind of black people are watching these programs? Because I don't think that we get, like, a complete picture with just these flat numbers. I think we would need to know, is it 18 to 49? Is it, are more young people watching? My guess would be seven? older.
0: Just you, yeah, just kind of off the top of my head. My guess would be, because the, and again, this is anecdotal, but the... Black wrestling uh, fans that I know tend to be around my age. And, you know, I don't know if that's a circumstance, Brandon, of the company that I keep being my age or if it's that's the key group of black fans that are willing to go to these shows or willing to watch these shows or pay for the merch and things of that nature. Um, you know, I see a lot of young kids, but I also see, like, a lot of 40 and up. At at events like this, I don't see a lot of like random 20 year old black uh, guys or girls that choose to go to these shows. And that that makes me sad, Brandon, because I was the 20 year old black dude that went to these shows, you know, once upon a time.
4: Yeah, I mean, you look at especially we're talking about TV viewership, TV viewership just tends to skew old in general. So I'm sure Sure. I'm sure, for example, the majority of, of black viewers watching any wrestling product are are older than older than 34 you know, mm-hmm. and and among eighteen to, to, to forty nine, probably the majority of them are in 35 to forty nine. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I've wondered too about. Maybe you know, why is why does AEW not have a larger black audience like WWE and even even Impact does? Is that I wonder? And let me know what you guys think of this. That maybe you know, if you look at I look at AEW as kind of this extension of. The indie wrestling fan this traveling wrestling fan mm-hmm. uh the super online wrestling fan and i remember even we were talking about beyond wrestling earlier and i remember you know being at it was the first time i ever really wrestled for like a super indie that mm-hmm. people they, people knew, knew you know people online knew what this brand was and people were watching it live yeah. um and i remember after i would i'd wrestle i go to the the merch tables or whatever and i remember a couple times like looking around and being like this is overwhelmingly white men in this audience and why (laughs) why why is that and i I wonder if it is if maybe economics are a factor here in terms of you know the the travel or Mm -hmm. maybe in in internet wrestling fan culture just having access to the internet is an economic factor and uh tape trading things like that Mm -hmm. and 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 if that's if that community is sort of what's grown into to become the AEW audience, that maybe that's where some of this comes from. I mean, mm. clearly, clearly, talent is a, There's a big difference between who are the the talent who get pushed big in WWE versus who are the talent who get pushed big in, in AEW.
0: That's right, a great because- question, like, uh, and I want I'm interested in your opinion, Chris. Just off the top of my head, though, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Like, yeah, there may be some economic factors. I think there's. You know the factor that, like, there's certain sports that I feel like appeal to young, particularly young black men. Uh, like the NBA is making millions, primarily in terms of tapping into that culture. Whereas I don't see the WWE or even AEW doing enough to reach out to that culture. Uh, not even from a, not even from a, a, an altruistic point of view, Brandon, but just from a dollars and cents <laughs> standpoint, like, wouldn't you want to reach as many markets as you can to get that dollar? And and so I feel like, you know, there's a little bit of it that's cultural. I think, you know, the economics factor in as well. I also think that when you particularly look online, and I'll, I'll toss it over to you, Chris, but I feel like are we are we making new wrestling fans online? Like, I feel like the people that I've been talking to online about wrestling in 2022, a lot of them are the same folks I was talking to, including Brandon. Uh, a lot of them are the same folks I've been talking to about this for, you know, the last five or six years.
3: Right, yeah, because we've been talking to each other since, was it 2009 or whatever? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, and, and I don't really know any new um, like maybe the uh, the um, the uh, True Hill Heat people. Well, yeah, well, yeah, like we meet new people and like and True Hill Heat,
0: like Grabsity, rich fan. But yeah, there are also people that have been talking yeah, for the last five, yeah, six, seven years.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very hard to say. And I think that mm-hmm. a lot of things uh, might cause AEW because I'm not because I do think AEW has had certain diversity issues. But mm-hmm. I do also think that a lot of this is is like the lead into dynamite is the big ba- big bang theory. I love the big bang. Theory. That's one of my <laughs> Talk to, to Chris.
0: I wanted to say something, but I held my tongue. I'm gonna let you speak on this, I, Chris. I,
3: I love it, but like, would 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 the would the, the demographics skew higher black if, um, say, like blackish or the French Prince Bel Air yeah. or something mm. like that was
4: was the lead in, you know? That's a great point, and that may be why we're seeing the difference in in, in January to March versus the prior period, because mm-hmm. they, you know, they went to TBS, and that only started in January.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so the Big Bang Theory is killing AEW's black audience, says Brandon Thurston, the <laughs> Run, run with that yeah. internet
3: <laughs> yeah I, I look man I uh Throw Polly is the the black guy on uh on <laughs> the big Bang theory as far as I'm concerned man that's usually how I do these shows that whatever the nearest minority is is, is <laughs> who who's representing the culture for me so we do have these questions that I think we need to get and thank you for being yeah. so generous with, with your th- sure. time Brandon um so the first question comes from S- Syria, and I've known this guy for, like, Syrian Highland um, mm-hmm. from all the way uh, up in Ireland. I've known him for, like, years, and I still don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. An- another wrestling <laughs>
0: fan we've been talking to for, like, the last five or six years.
3: <laughs> yeah, really. He's a, so he goes, I hope that it's not a question that he's been asked before. Mm. Um, was he shocked at just how irrational and angry people get about his reporting of specific companies or as as he well aware as he well aware of the over-the-top wrestling fans how over-the-top wrestling fans can be and was he prepared for the reaction of fans when he mm. started
4: i i don't know when, when i started doing this stuff there wasn't an AEW, so the like i, I really think it's it's like a culture war of of w fans and, and AEW fans it's really it's really the, the W fans, at least, were are coming after me. Um, but I've... Especially the ratings, right? Because everybody wants to see what the ratings are. And I tweet the ratings, and I tweet the charts. And I, I went through different phases. I've recently been... Uh, I've recently decided that I will no longer read any replies or quote tweets. Mm. Um, and <laughs> at least finally, Twitter has given me an option to to mute notifications from anyone who I don't follow. So I don't see Mm -hmm. them like on my little bell icon. So so if I follow you, I will see what you reply. But, um, but yeah, I, it it used to bother me until very recently. And then I stopped reading it all and and it's great now. I don't, I don't care. (laughs) I made this like promise to myself. I am not going to look at these anymore. I think it was after the, Mm. um, I made a, made a chart where I, you know, I wrote a, a program that would count, use the, the transcripts from the earnings calls to count and break down by, like, by percentage. How many words was Vince McMahon saying? saying very few. And people did not like this for whatever reason. And there were lots of irrational responses to that. And I think that was the breaking point.
3: Mm. <laughs> yeah i i i think me and have experienced a little bit of that since we've been on post <laughs> with the with the toxic fan base uh that just yes um you know that i could see how grating that could be
4: yeah At a certain um, point, you, just, I, you just have to disengage or and like for me it's it's like around like fifteen thousand followers or so i just you just have to like if, if you i see people all the time who like You know, fight the trolls and quote tweet the trolls all day and screenshot Mm -hmm. them. It's like it's got to be such a distraction. Like it would take up so much of my time, and it would it would whip me up emotionally. Like Mm. it will, it would yeah. like you just have to back away and not pay attention to it. Well, see that that's why
0: Chris and I are such a great team, Brandon. Because between the two of us, I feel like we've learned how to handle social media. Because what I'll do, I'll I'll read a couple, and then I'll do like you, and I'll disconnect. And then Chris, Chris is like the Chris is like the Dennis Rodman to my David Robinson because Chris is going to see everything y'all say out there, people. So if you come <laughs> sideways, just be warned because Chris is out here on these internet streets, and he got time for you.
3: Well, it's 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 like with the, with the internet people. If, if 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 I think it's a, I don't need you to agree with us all the yeah. time. So I will respond to a good natured disagreement that I don't think is full to, full of toxicity, even if it's got some toxicity in the argument, as long as it's not coming from like an uber toxic place, I, I don't mind like hey we'll we'll break this down or I can talk to you on this thing but the there are people that take it beyond that. Um, especially online, and it, it's it's a little dis, dis disturbing to say the least. And um, yeah, I, I'll leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> so we do we do have another question from uh, Ronnie Richards. That's another homeboy. Yep, um, shout out to the Enforcer knows,
0: Ronnie Richards.
3: Yeah, he asks. Uh, does. Does he have any info about, oh, he wants some inside information. Does he have any <laughs> info about AEW in future in future streaming since Tony has the ROH library?
4: Uh, kind of like we talked about earlier, I, I think, where is it going to go? I don't think they really know. Mm-hmm. There there was yeah. speculation leading up to that big announcement that, oh, they're going to announce HBO Max, and it just turned yeah. out to be Ring of Honor. Um, I think HBO Max is the likeliest place. Right, HBO Max, HBO has done sports, so it wouldn't be that out of the realm of possibility. But I, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. anything other than my own speculation.
0: Does ROH, does the ROH library have, and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful. But does it have any value for a streaming site if it's not connected to some sort of package with AEW?
4: Not a lot. I mean, how many how many subscribers were there to Mm. uh, Honor Honor Club? Honor Honor Club, right? Probably a few thousand. So that's that's what it's you know multiply that by ten times twelve. That's that's about what it's worth. Um, It's it's it, it helps. You know, who's it valuable to? It's it's valuable to AEW and to to WWE. It's valuable to WWE more so because they could keep it away from AEW. I think so. Mm. It's you know who's it the best fit for? It's probably the best fit for AEW. No idea what they paid for it, but it's most valuable to them considering what they lack, which is a video library.
3: So, so okay, Germaine, goddamn. Okay, I'll get to him. <laughs> <laughs> it is basically the gist of his question is. Who Who do who do you put if you weren't putting Roman in that spot Who do you put in that in that spot So this is my thing before we get into this, this is this is my thing with Roman Reigns When I didn't see anything special about Roman Reigns probably when he first started. I kind of got used to him or whatever. And then just a couple weeks ago, my girlfriend had a few of her friends over our place and we were watching. I was watching um, SmackDown at the time and I never really watched SmackDown, but I was watching SmackDown at the time. And before Roman Reigns came on TV, they were laughing at some goofy shit shit they did earlier I don't know what it was, but it was goofy. Um, And then Roman Reigns comes on TV. And then my girlfriend and all of her friends are like, hey, who's that? And they're like, he looked good. All that kind of stuff right there. So (laughs) as long as he keeps getting those reactions, him being in that position makes sense to me, Jermaine um so i just want to get that out there but if it wasn't roman reigns who else who else do you think wwe could put the the dollars behind um and and still in smackdown still be relevant
4: um my, my girlfriend is in the other room so she might hear this this is this is uh uh, a subject of for one of our first fights, but Sasha Banks. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it, with, with Roman Reigns, I don't think it's it's about who it's about it's about how they yep. did what they did. Um, take nothing away from Roman Reigns, acknowledge him. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> um, you know, he's
3: a chosen one. Yeah,
4: but it's how they did it, and it's about the trust relationship that fans felt with the company slash Vince Man and what they recognized the company was doing with someone, Roman Reigns, and, and they they're, they were very frustrated with feeling like they weren't being listened to and, you know, for a whole pile of reasons. They felt distrust for this company. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we just went through 10 years of John Cena. Oh, no, we're not. We're, this isn't happening again. <laughs> and that's, that's mm-hmm. what happened with Reigns. But I think that, you know, there's a number of people who could have been, who could have taken a share, at least, of, of the, the time and resources that were put into getting Roman Reigns over, including John Moxley, including mm-hmm. Biggie, right. I Biggie. I think E yeah, Biggie, one hundred percent. I think B- Biggie and
3: Moxley. Too. I'd say Moxley too. Yeah, I, I, I,
4: I thought Nakamura was could had the mm. possibility to be this right, like, a yeah. transcendent culture figure because he was so cool and, and yeah, you know, he yeah, just, and New, he's, yeah, he's just so obscure now.
3: <laughs> right, like what, I remember seeing him in New Japan, and I was like, oh, Nakamura. If he ever went to WWE, he. would be such a star and then he goes to WWE and um, I learned my lesson in saying if this guy goes to WWE <laughs> or that guy goes to WWE, they'd be a big star. So after, the Sting stuff was one thing and then Nakamura just kind of put mm-hmm. the exclamation point on it. And it's weird with um because I do think w- WWE with NXT with the women the from the Golden Black, they've had a sizable amount of su- success with the women um but i think there was also a need for women athletes that don't exist with the male athletes necessarily for cuz for whatever reason um or maybe i don't know cuz maybe all those women wrestlers get maybe sh- maybe we create we credit chaotic wrestling more for the success of Sasha Banks than we do NXT, I don't
4: know. I, I think I, I wrote an article a year or two ago. I think there was a, a window where uh, they WWE could have really done great things for their business if they had if they had really pushed the women even more than they did, and they did to an extent. You know, mm-hmm. the the, the, the pre- presentation of women before 2015 and after is very different. Uh, maybe they're going back to how it was before that now. But but anyway, uh, I think there was. I think when you look at the some of the the big boom periods in in any given company that had a boom period, it was because wrestling changed in a big way. The expectations were were broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look at like the, the Hogan era, Hulkamania era, it was because wrestling became more of this this variety show uh, that that Vince envisioned, mm-hmm. and that 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 was his big success. Uh, the Attitude Era was this big explosion because it became more of an adult show when it was a kid's show um yeah and i think there was an opportunity to you know sort of rupture people's expectations by saying oh this is this is a thing where where guys grapple with each other and saying, no this this is women on top now Mm -hmm. Um, right
3: i want to i want to get more into that when we when we talk about scott hall in a second because i definitely agree with you but we do have um one more question some of these things i'm
4: Nah, we're just we'll get to, we'll get to that in re- an hour or two. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh,
0: so uh, do, do do you? Not, know, oh, you, you didn't hear, Brandon? <laughs> we're we're going raw tonight, man. It's going to be a three hour extravaganza.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <geez. laughs> All right, so um, so Chad Rivera, he's one of my friends. I've gone to wrestling events with him in Chicago. Um, Chad Rivera. Um, do you think Rampage will eventually get moved to a different night or time slot? Uh, personally, I think they're, where it is currently now is doing no, show no favors. Thanks. Um, I don't know if I 100% disagree with that, but the question is for you, Brandon. So um, well, I'll let you take it.
4: I, I think part of the value proposition for AW's next TV deal their current deal runs through the end of twenty twenty four, so this wouldn't be until January twenty twenty five. Sorry, but I think I think one of the big value offers is that hey, look, we got this show Rampage that's on at ten o'clock on a Friday, which is pretty much the lowest end of prime time that you can be on, mm-hmm. but it does pretty well still, well yeah, considering, considering where it's slotted. And hey, if, if we made this a two hour program on some other night. You know, maybe I don't know if it's on TBS or TNT or some other network or maybe they talk to a different conglomerate altogether. But, you know, there's there's value to be extracted in putting Rampage on a better time slot, uh, maybe a two hour program, more content. Uh, I think right. that's a pretty likely thing to happen. Maybe a two hour Rampage at a better time slot in 2025. Three years from now,
3: (laughs) (laughs) right? Because yeah, I always look at Rampage as like what you just said, uh, Brandon. Like what comes on Friday, you know, like what, like as at that time slot and the numbers that Rampage does versus everything else. So um, I do think there's. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm not willing to go as far as to say it's doing the show no favors because I think for. A kid that whose parents are strict and won't let him stay up late on a Wednesday, I think, you know, Rampage serves more than especially if he's having to sleep over with his friends, he or she. I think Rampage serves that purpose, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, um yeah, and who knows what 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 Turner will want to do at Rampage? I could, they might even want to add an extra hour for them, you know, before the TV deal is up. I don't know. Uh,
4: yeah, maybe. The thing is to to change the time slot. If it stays on Friday, the rest of the primetime block is is occupied with SmackDown, which yep. they probably don't want to go against. Um, although they did for thirty minutes a couple times, or yeah. just, just that one time, right? But anyway, it's 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 showing. That rampage. If I'm making the argument for for AEW, it's showing. Look, look, This is what we can do at a at a time slot that's not convenient for viewers generally, and mm-hmm. people are going out of their way to find our content anyway, considering this pretty bad time slot that we're in. Um, so, yeah, I, it's it's just a question of like where else does it fit if it stays with turn? Yeah. Tuesday and Thursday is NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. They they decided Wednesday night is, is is NHL even though it produces about half the rating that Dynamite does. <laughs> um, so uh, so what's left? I mean maybe there's another famous t- t- right. time slot for it to go into. I haven't looked into it deeply though.
3: But with the, with the NHL, it's about the quality of sponsors too, right? I think I, w- with, I would when, think so. Yeah, yeah. Because with with wrestling, I think that the, it's a it's it's looked at as an unsophisticated unsos- program. Still and got a model.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. With in the NHL,
4: And probably yeah. you can go to your cable and satellite companies that you negotiate with and, and who pay you mm-hmm. TNT to carry all the Turner networks and say, Hey, look, we've got, we've got not just the NBA now, we've got the NHL in prime time too. And you need to pay us really well, pay, pay us yep. a really nice carriage fee to have all this live sports content, which is increasingly the kind of content that people are still watching on linear.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Real quick, Brandon, speaking of content that people are still watching to this day, uh, Chris mentioned, uh, you know, this week, the week of this recording, uh, we lost Scott Hall, who was uh, a part of the 90s boom of professional wrestling. uh, Started in the WWF, and then we saw him uh, most famously in the NWO, uh, jumping ship to WCW. Uh, So as as we kind of wrap things up this month, brother, uh, any thoughts about – scott hall and and uh any impressions as a fan and and what uh maybe what he meant to the business in your opinion or, or what he meant to you personally as a viewer
4: sure yeah i mean like when I, I have distinct memories of of watching those those early vignettes which is when i would have first seen razor ramon mm-hmm. uh those those vignettes that are previewing uh, the debut of, of that character um you know he was he was a very cool guy for the the mid-90s um i think I think this is something that, that Rich Fan and, and John Pollock were talking about on my drive home uh, this afternoon. But, um, but yeah, he's if you look at it from a, a business standpoint, I mean, Kevin Ash and Scott Hall are these guys who ushered in guaranteed contracts, which mm. I believe were not even something that existed for WF wrestlers until the downside was introduced in, I think, the early 2000s. Uh, there was no guaranteed money until they, you know, there's no union in wrestling. That's about as close as it's gotten in the last several decades to improving at least some financial stability saying, okay, you're at least going to make this. If you get injured, you're not just going to be sitting at home, not getting paid. You're going to have a downside that you're going to collect at least. Um, But he's, you know, he's also somebody who's, I think people uh, relate to a lot in terms of, this is somebody who had a lot of issues and a lot of uh, substance issues that he's talked Mm -hmm. about quite a bit and a lot of uh, personal issues going, going back to, uh, to, to, you know, the, the incident at a, at a bar with somebody where, the, you know, this guy was killed and, and yeah, all that's come out of that.
3: Yeah, uh, so, like, with Scott Hall, um, I, I have very fond memories of him as a kid, too. I remember one particular vignette where my mom came in the room when, and, she, and she cracked up at this, right? It was the one where the girl... Tries like why she's like why haven't you called me? And then his he shoes are away, and then he says something like the chicas are for fun. I don't agree with that sentiment. Before you <laughs> come at me, internet, but my mom. I thought Chris was gonna say
0: and that okay. that's a philosophy I've patted my whole life after. <laughs> no, no, no.
3: My my mom was she was she she thinks wrestling is silly, but she mm-hmm. saw that and for some reason it was just <laughs> who is this guy? And she just couldn't stop laughing at that. Um but I think what people what are what's lost on a lot of people in this discussion about Scott Hall is in nineteen ninety five WWE started this series of vignettes. In 1994, they were already promoting the new generation, right? And these are the cool guys, better than the old passe guys. And then in 1995, they started these billionaire Ted wrestling war room sketches where they Mm -hmm. were just making fun of Macho Man, making fun of Hogan, making fun of Mean Gene, making fun of all of the old guard. And... What they used to promote the new guard were clips of, like, Diesel, Jackknife and somebody, Razor Ramon giving someone the Ragers, Edge, Ed, Bret Hart giving someone the Sharpshooter, uh, 123 Kid kicking somebody, all these new people. So then we're, we're we're getting towards the beginning of 1996, and these guys are, like, going to WCW now. And they were a big part of WWE's promotional machine in 1995, going into 1996. So I, I looked at it from that aspect. Even mm-hmm. in 1996, as a as a kid, I was like, "This is this is who WWE was modeling as their um, anchors." And they went away, and then you see Scott Hall in the way they presented him on the first couple weeks. They weren't calling him anything. He was talking like Razor Ramon, kinda. And in, in WCW's defense, they gave him the toothpick and, like, added the cool factor to him first as the diamond stud, right? I don't think... And WWE just took the diamond stud and turned him into this, this Scarface guy. But I remember that about Scott Hall, and it just how it and, and Hulk Hogan needed a makeover because when he was at house shows, this is anecdotal. I, I got with Thurston on the line. I got to make sure I always <laughs> mention that this is anecdotal. So this, is a, right. this, this is not scientific. But um, when I would go to shows, and whether if it was in LA or in Knoxville. When Hogan was on those shows and he was doing the red and yellow stuff, I would hear significant booze for him. So I think just running with that idea with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and, um, and that, and I, and just the like you were saying, Nate, the way he was just able to change the business from that standpoint is just very interesting. And I think it's almost like a case study, right? Like you could take Scott Hall... And just look at the totality mm-hmm. of everything he did as a man and as a wrestler and, and find the, the, the good, the great that he did as a wrestler and also mm-hmm. the faults that he had as a human man.
0: Yeah, I think the two words that I would say if somebody asked me what, what are my thoughts on Scott Hall, the first word that comes to mind, guys, is cool. Just because yeah. that's what he exuded on TV, like he he was so cool. Like I put him in the I put him in the Mark Merrill Hall of Fame, and what I mean by that, Brandon, yes, I know where, is, yeah, I know where you're going. <laughs> what I mean by that is, as a white man, you were out here playing a straight uh, Cuban, but nobody cared, man, because Scott Hall did it so well, much in the same right. way. A lot of people thought Johnny B. Bad was black, and and <laughs> he really wasn't, yeah. but he he did the job so well, and, and so I feel like. Scott Hall exuded cool. But the other word that I think of when I think of Hall, Brandon, is human. You know, he's very human and is susceptible to some of the stuff that everybody can be susceptible to. And a lot of times the demons got the better of him. But at least we got to see a Scott Hall that came out the other side. And the last part of his life, he seemed to be at peace. He seemed to be happy. He seemed to be uh, you know, in, in better health than he had been. And so even if we lost him too soon, I think I'm glad he got at least a, a happier ending than one would have thought, given the trajectory of his life at a certain point. Um, you know, his influence to the business can't be understated. Uh, I think it's it's almost fitting in a way, Brandon, that maybe his most memorable match or one of his most memorable matches is a loss where he put somebody over, and that's the loss to the one, two, three kid. Uh, you know, a match that really made Waltman. And so, yeah, you know, he he like, you know, this week, just hearing stories about, you know, him and Sting and the Crow character and like a guy that for all of his faults, for all of his human frailties, seemed to be a a, a good dude uh, most of the time uh, and, and somebody that will be missed. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, you know, I think, Part of it is maybe just nostalgia, Brandon, looking back at that time period. Like whenever you fell in love with a thing, that's the best that thing ever was, you know. And so while I can objectively say the in-ring today is probably as good as it's ever been, nothing's going to compete with that 90s, you know, that mid to late 90s era for me. And Scott Hall was a big part of that. So uh, rest in peace to Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, the bad guy. Uh, you know, we we appreciate you, brother. Uh, and uh, you will be missed, man.
3: Right. Uh, yeah. And I, I look at those clips online with him, just with the kids, my, my friend, uh, Hidea who was on Jerry's, uh, Jerry Springer with them in the nineties when she's got HIV living a very good, rich life, um, over in Las Vegas. Um, I love her and I love, um, uh, and I never met the the kid that she was with on that show, but he's got a, he still has that intercontinental title <laughs> and, um, and has a family and stuff now. And you know, just Scott Hall putting a smile on his face, those yeah. um black kids in Opalaca and that one picture. Um he's yeah, just just sad stuff. And like you said, Nate, like I don't know of um, any uh, one from the Hispanic community that cared that he was <laughs> I think there's something to be said about Mark Merrow and Scott Hall. I think Mark. Marrow knew he was doing a Johnny B. Bad impression, and not trying to like culturally appropriate. He's right, like, I'm here to be Johnny B. Bad, or I'm I'm here to be Little Richard. Little Richard, yeah. I'll, I, so I'll do this Little Richard impersonation the best I can. And the same with Scott Scott Hall. He wasn't like, okay, I'm just going to try to be a stereotypical uh, Cuban person. I'm here to be Scarface yep. from that Go movie. Yeah, so good, good stuff, Nate. Yeah. Good
0: stuff. it's it's something we could never see Terry Balea doing, unfortunately.
3: Uh, and uh, <laughs> hey, you you knew we weren't going to get
0: out of this episode without some Terry Balea slander, Brandon. Uh, but
3: <laughs> on that note,
0: uh, we we do want to thank uh, Brandon for spending so much time with us this month, Brandon. Uh, you always got an open invite, my friend. Uh, before we get out of here, let the Postmarks and, and everybody else listening know what you got going on with WrestleNomics and uh, anything else you want to share.
4: For sure, yeah. No, th- thanks to you guys for having me. Um, it's been it's been since I think the very beginning of November that I've been in po- with Post Wrestling, and part of the reason mm-hmm. why I want to be with Post Wrestling is because we have really intelligent guys like yourselves, uh, part of part of the Post Wrestling family. So, thanks for having me on. Um, if people don't know, the WrestleNomics radio podcast is on the Post Wrestling feed every Sunday. Um, you can yell at me on Twitter at Brandon Thurston. I have a Patreon <laughs> <have a> <laughs> uh patreoncom WrestleNomics where you can get my TV ratings reports and whatever else I put on there. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, it's awesome. good money. I I I i I've subscribed to WrestleNomics and um, I love getting the alerts on my tablet when I'm oh, at out I always wonder am I, am I
4: putting out too yeah. many alerts? But yeah,
3: oh, no, not at all. You you got to put those alerts out, man. And I um. I watch, I watch you um, when I wake up. At eight, Sunday is usually the day that I sleep in, and it's eight o'clock on the West Coast when you when you put your Sunday show yeah. on. But I don't go to church anyway; I skip church. <laughs> <laughs> Nate so, uh, is the they is the Christian. It is dynamic. I'm the agnostic. <laughs> so, uh, if uh, hopefully when, when the day comes, Nate will ask. Um, for if, uh, a plus one in heaven and I get
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. see, so you, so. so you watch, I watch, uh, Russell after church. You watch Russell instead of church. That's, that's our dynamic. Oh Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely shout out to Brandon for joining us. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you got going on? Where can people, uh, find you on these, uh, internet streets? Uh, anything else you got to promote?
3: oh yeah um you can find me at km easy does it on twitter um and you can um and i'm i'm doing a lot more stuff with my friends at true hill heat um shout out to um sh- shout out to uh stephanie hypes shout out mm-hmm. to sp3 romeo romeo all of chrissy, love. Yeah. chrissy love chrissy love and Chris, you top love JJ. <laughs> you get your yeah, top you guy JJ. Yeah. That dude is hilarious. Man. So um, I'm looking, I'm just, you know, I just really love this community. Um, hopefully um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to AEW. I, I don't know if I need an AEW press pass to talk to people, at least for the Vegas weekend. Um, so I need to talk to the right people for that. I, I used to have one, mm. Um I went to I was backstage at the um AEW event uh in a couple years ago in Vegas where it was where they were doing the whole starcast thing so anyway those are personal problems I'm <laughs> online so but anyway thanks Th- thank thank you everyone and thank you Nate thank you uh Brandon for making all of us look good
0: so, uh, and I also want to make sure we give a shout out to the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson. Uh, you can find him oh, yeah. online at ad thompson underscore underscore. Uh, don't forget the double underscores. Uh, he provides you with all the news uh, that's fit to read here on the Post Wrestling website. Uh, so check him out. He's also got the uh, Andrew Thompson Interview YouTube channel, uh, where he's got some good interviews up. Uh, for me, you can check me out on Twitter at in the number eight m o z a i k at Nate Mosaic. Uh, check out the Kings of Sport. Uh, we are nearing our 300th episode uh, of that program, so uh, we've got some we got some plans in the works here. Uh, so get ready and stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can check out the Patreon, Kings of Sport Patreon. Five bucks gets you in the door. Chris has been on numerous times, including this past weekend as a part of our review of Peacemaker. Uh, so it's me, Chris, and uh, uh, Vanessa Shark Mark, and Mark Lefevre. Yeah. Uh, talking about HBO Max's Peacemaker. So you can check that out on the Patreon. Uh, I got a bunch of other shows. You know, the Rocky View picture show here on Post, uh, the Naomi podcast, the DC TV podcast, Place to Be Nation's main event. So so many shows. But uh, just follow me on Twitter for all the links, at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K. So that's going to do it for this month's edition of the NWA podcast. But before we get out of here, of course, we have to put Brandon on the spot one last time. Wrestlemania Wrestlemania thoughts Brandon financially speaking how successful will this uh, two night extravaganza be my friend will it <laughs> will will they uh, will they exceed uh will they exceed last year's number and
2: by in how terms, much in terms
4: in terms of attendance uh definitely yes. attendance was at limited capacity last year. Yeah. Um, so I think they've already exceeded it in terms of just the tickets that they've put out according to WrestleTix. Mm. Um And they will probably, you know, they'll probably give us like a percentage difference, especially mm-hmm. if it's a positive one. They probably won't give us any any you know insight if it's not a positive one. But I think it will be <laughs> in terms of the, the Peacock viewership is what I'm talking about uh, for WrestleMania. And I think, I can't imagine it wouldn't be higher just because mm-hmm. Peacock is a little bit older now and probably just has more... We'll have more users this WrestleMania than, than last year's WrestleMania, so it, it's pretty likely that'll be more viewed too. Um, but I, I think what, what do I think it's going to be? Probably like sixty thousand each okay. night, something like that. They'll, they'll they'll tell you this is this is at and Stadium. They you know who knows how many hundreds of thousands they will announce. It, but um, yeah, <laughs> they they could put eighty thousand in. I don't think both of these nights are selling out, but they'll do. I mean, they'll do well. Do you they'll think do, they'll pad
3: attendance?
4: Like give tickets away for free, or or yeah, on the, the night number? of,
3: and on the night both on the on the night of, will they give tickets away for free, and then will they exaggerate the number? I don't
4: think it'll be like massive papering, like like mm-hmm. you read about in newsletters. But um no, I I but I def they they definitely will exaggerate the attendance. Like there's no attendance that they haven't exaggerated. That, they, that they, right. I believe That's <laughs> Especially when it comes to WrestleMania, yeah. but not not even just WrestleMania, but all the other attendances that they put out. I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if they pick a number out of a hat or what what their formula is, but uh, yeah, it's you know WrestleMania 32 in the same venue, which is just one night, of course. Was mm-hmm. they announced this? Oh, I know this number by heart now. One hundred and one thousand seven hundred sixty-three. Mm-hmm. Arlington Police told me. 81709 <laughs> So <laughs> The math ain't math. <laughs> and then Vince did say on the earnings call, well, it wasn't 101000 paid. paid. That included ushers and ticket takers. And so, direct quote, direct quote. <sighs> Jesus
2: Christ, man. that's just so <laughs> funny.
0: Hey, hey, you can't can't knock the man for trying. can't knock the hustle, like, but yeah. Hey, man,
3: hey, play on a player, dude.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect place you to end.
3: twenty thousand had 20,000 more people.
4: <laughs> we had, had 20,000 ushers and ticket takers. And the ushers, ticket takers, I mean, <laughs> hot dog
0: vendors. Come on
4: now, guys.
3: Right, yeah. Who, who
4: are we to dis- <laughs> th- dispute
0: Vince's numbers, man? <laughs>
3: yeah, right, right. I'm wow. I just... I'm, I'm oh, sure. It's
0: wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh but yes, if you want accurate numbers, listeners, check out WrestleNomics every week here on the Post Wrestling Network. Again, Brandon, thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight, brother. Uh and we will definitely catch up with you down the road, my friend.
4: Sounds good. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, and thank you all for listening out there. Uh, appreciate y'all checking out the show, supporting the show, and uh we'll do it again. Thank y'all for supporting Post Wrestling and if uh you're feeling generous this time of year in the springtime season, go cop that uh fresh new uh long and winding Royal Road t shirt, man. It's that new hotness on the streets. All the kids want it. I think Brandon might be purchasing one. I'm gonna get one, Chris. I know you want one. Uh it's what everybody wants. It's the hot item of the season. So uh cop that shirt and uh support some good causes mm-hmm. while you are at it.
4: It's a great conversation uh, starter too.
0: Yes, excellent conversation starter. Uh that's that's all I'm going to say about that Brandon you almost almost got me sir you almost got me (laughs) down a tangent but we're not going to go there uh, this week sir Uh, but uh, for Brandon for Chris for the youngest in charge Andrew Thompson I am the Godfather Nate Milton thank you so much for listening to the Nubian Wrestling Advocates and remember the revolution may not be televised but it damn sure will be podcasted
2: See y'all next month. It's Righteous Rage. It's a case for the safe, keep the space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the Godfather. Post wrestling. The NWA, not O oh, keep guessing up. Huh? The views and expressions. You know the rest, it's hot excellence. Get the message. Advocates for Nubian. Wrestling, you're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring, we invested in. In. It's for the culture and we reppin' it. It's for the culture and we reppin' it.